Editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and we are podcasting from three places across the state of California on Wednesday, July 1st, 2015. Uh, we've got a lot of comics news, a lot of movie news, a lot of television news, but first, of course, let's introduce our man in Los Angeles. I'm Dave Costa. And uh, podcast producer and moral compass, he's the only one who's actually in the Brett Cave tonight. Deep in the dark of the Brett Cave, it's Rick Brett Snyder. Now, I have a question. When, when when it's just you, do you get to stay within the darkest reaches of the Brett Cave? I'm back. Where you really truly are comfortably surrounded by so many cool action figures I am, and books. I'm in, the heart of, that... I'm in the heart of my office, and oh. uh, it's illuminated by a computer monitor and one light bulb. Oh, that, that's a picture. Yeah. I, you know, I, I wonder if anyone listening gets that. You know, It truly is some amazing It's like I'm drawn there. by Will Eisner. Mm, or... The Twisted Norman Rockwell. Uh, Is there a geeky? Do we have a geek one? No. Anyway, uh, if you're listening to us here, you probably picked us up on iTunes or Stitcher app uh, or at www.fanboyplanet.com or what was the other one? Podbay? Podbay. Podbay. I want to open the Podbay doors and to get more people there. So please subscribe, uh, rate us, recommend us, tell your friends about us if you are enjoying what you're listening to. And of course, if you are enjoying to what you're listening to and you've heard about something that we're going to talk about tonight, well, tonight I think it's all stuff that's going to be coming in the future, the future, the future, uh, then please uh, go ahead and use the handy dandy Amazon link that is on the Fanboy Planet website if you cannot find it at your local small retailer. Uh, you can also, uh, if, if you would so choose, uh, feel free to donate on the PayPal button that is right there on www.fanboyplanet.com. That one right I there? am, in fact, staring at it right now where it says, PayPal donate uh, at the very top, right next to a picture of Tyrese as Green Lantern. All right, that's for today. It probably won't be by Wednesday, you know, or by Thursday or Friday. Uh, it may be a very cartoony Groot. We'll see. Anyway, uh, and of course, if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. So let us begin tonight. We're going to take a little, it's both a look back, which I've done this week, and I really apologize apologize i realized we had a whole bunch of uh, big wow photographs uh taken by rick and uh that i had all loaded up and ready to go a few <laughs> i guess a couple months ago and then i don't know what happened work something crazy went and as we're doing all this comic-con stuff realized oh my gosh i've got this big cache cash you taught me it was cash <laughs> of photographs uh of cosplayers 
And there's actually still uh, still one to run uh, this week of the Vampirella Art Gallery yes. that was a, a focus of uh, Big Wow. But one of the things also was from Big Wow, uh, this is then to look forward. You can look at cosplay that was in San Jose, and there's going to be tons of cosplay in San Diego next week at Comic-Con, which is indeed early. And that's part of why I feel very frantic this week. It's like it's the 1st of July. I still have three weeks for Comic-Con. No, I don't. <laughs> so, We're going to be on the way or in San Diego. We'll be in San Diego by this time next week. We'll be in week. San Diego by next week. We'll be in this line by week. this time. We'll be on, no, we'll be on the floor by this time next week. Oh, yeah. No, no. I will probably have bought something I promised myself I wasn't going to buy <laughs> by this time next week. So could be a Groot pin. Who knows? Anyway, um, I'm just staring at that, too, and that is an adorable pin. Uh yeah. So anyway, realize that that's a look back, and then we can look forward. So one in there is I am going to continue touting uh, my friend Rob Worley's book Scratch Nine. We ran an interview with him last week, as well as with Shannon Eric Denton, who is the uh, editor in chief, Grand Poobah of Lion Forge Comics, which is just done Miami Vice remixed um, Night Rider, and I just saw today in the stores that the Saved by the Bell collection from their web com- um, their digital comics has gone into print. Uh, but they were all there at the booth of Hermes Press. So Dan Herman, uh, who started Hermes Press, is actually his favorite movie is Jason and the Argonauts. So I have to respect that, that he named his company after Hermes and because it, it had a nice little collection uh, coalescence with his own name. And uh, so they are a publisher that is very dedicated to bringing classic comic strips, uh, classic comic book runs of a lot of King features uh, characters and a lot of gold key stuff have been reprinted. So really beautiful books. And I know that Rick, you've looked at some of it before as well. And uh, so he's got some interesting insights into, into keeping these classic comics alive. So we did, did an interview with him at big wild comic fest. And then you can check out the Hermes press booth next week at comic con. So Dan Herman, here we got a big wow with Dan Herman, who Correct. is the publisher, owner, big kahuna of Hermes Press. Medium-sized kahuna. Oh, yeah. medium-sized. Okay. Well, you know, it's a, kahuna, it's a metaphor. It's a, no, no, I love Hawaii Five O, so <laughs> I even know what that means. Go ahead. So, yeah, you, you are here as a, as a publisher of some really fine, high-end collections of uh, plastic material. Thank I see you. you look around this table, you see all kinds of really cool stuff from, you know, Buck Rogers, uh, comic strips, uh, see the Phantom, Brenda Starr, Zorro, Brenda Starr, there we go, Pogo, Terry the Pirates, material. Yeah. Johnny uh, Hazard. I'm intrigued by Voyage, the Irwin Island stuff, Land of the Giants, sort of those, like the old Gold Key, right. Dell comics. We've also done, we didn't bring everything uh, because I wanted to do my panels and because uh, one of my friends who, who runs this show had a lot of books at his house. Uh, because we had done WonderCon for many years until they moved it, which is a very good show, but when they moved to Anaheim, we preferred to stay in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. But he had a ton of stuff at his house, so I went over to his house and brought it over. But we also have done Dark Shadows. Yes, I've ever seen that. We, did, uh, we had a license from Dan Curtis, uh, who created Dark Shadows. And the people at Dark Shadows are absolutely fantastic, and we did a lot of promotions with the stars of Dark Shadows. We were, they were 35 Gold Key comic books that were done between 1968 and 1975. Ran longer than the show. show was off the air. This comic book tip kept, kept them going. And you had people like Arnold Drake at the end writing the stories, those comic books. And Arnold Drake created Dead Man and wrote Doom Patrol. Yes. So you had really very good stories 
Uh, in, and, and, and Joe Serta, who was what you'd call a journeyman, which is not a jibe at him, did very good art. However, when his brother-in-law, Sal Trapani, inked it, it looked a lot better. Yeah. But we reprinted all 35 uh, Dark Shadows books in five volumes. And we were very, very happy with it. And we're going to, for the 50th anniversary, reprint the strip that ran in newspapers for a year that, 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 that Ken Ball did. I had no idea there was a strip. Well, Ken Ball has a style that is very similar to uh, an advertising agency where Neil Adams worked and where Lou Fine worked. So it has a very similar tone to it, much more like illustration. And he got a lot of the characters dead on. And he used a lot of Zipatone, and the work is very handsome. And uh, it was run in a daily and a Sunday, and we have all of the material, and it's already been put in book form, but we've been waiting to solicit it for the 50th anniversary because we feel it's the 50th anniversary, as I think, next year. Of the Dark Shadows, it'll be uh, 1966, it'll be 2016. 2016. And just because I know, I know my podcast producer alone is just going to listen to this and get very excited because he's a big Dark Shadows fan. Do you have any idea what your price point's going to yeah, be? Yeah, on the that? book is sixty dollars. For a year's worth of comics, that's pretty good. Well, but the book is really large. Oh, you know, I, I mean, I, mean, say, I know. I look at here like you've got this uh, Phantom Sunday Archives, right? And that, uh, that is a fantastic art. Yeah, book. that book is actually, believe it or not, it's it's thirteen and a half inches by nineteen inches, and it's actually a full size half page of the first six storylines with. A nice border. It's not cramped. Mm-hmm. And there's a really nice essay. And in the essay, we have one of the originals of one of the strips. And we have one of the originals of one of the Raymore dailies that's in the books. So you can actually look at it. And then we have our, our, our new Buck Rogers Volume 3 Sundays. And those Sundays are not full size. They're about 78 to 80% of the original size. Okay. Uh, but on the other hand, we also have Terry the Pirates. And we're on our second volume of Terry the Pirates. Yes. Which is a very large book. And I expect to do The Dark Shadows in a, a format that's that's going to be like 10 by 14 or something. Like I that. look at your booth and I, I and I get fascinated with some of these books and I think, I, I need to buy coffee tables because I don't have... <laughs> I mean, how does the average person display some of these things? I, know, it's hard. I mean, because when you have a book this beautiful, you want... And we're doing bigger, we're doing bigger books. I mean, I like to show off the artwork. And, um, you know, we're doing The Phantom right now. Um, we're doing the comic book version. Of right, Phantom and so I want to talk about this because I have a feeling you go off to So you're not just doing these archives. You are doing an ongoing with Peter David and Sal Valuto doing, doing art. And, uh, and you're publishing my, my friend Rob's uh, Scratch Nine. Correct. And I assume there's other ongoing. Well, we're also doing Howard Shaken did uh, Buck Rogers. Uh, did a That's four, right, I did buy that. He yeah. did a four-issue miniseries, which we then turned into a graphic novel. And, you know, I'll just tell you something really fascinating, which nobody knows, so you'll have We are going to, uh, we're beginning preparation to do a Wilma Deering one-shot, because Wilma Deering has never had an origin. And we're going to do a Wilma Deering one-shot origin issue, and we're going to do a Black, Black Barney is one of the main bad guys who then becomes the best friend of Buck Rogers. Yeah, I remember. And Howard killed him off in his continuity, but the way Howard killed him off, in my mind, means I can bring him back. Because you don't really see him dying. And as we know, nobody ever really dies. Unless you find the corpse. Yes, in comic books. Exactly. <laughs> and even then. Right. So we're going to do a Black Barney origin uh, maybe two months later. And we already have a couple of people that we've selected, but I won't announce that yet because we don't have signed contracts. No, we, no, we, I, we, I understand. Yeah, but, uh, but that is exciting for the Buck Rogers yeah. fans. And no and one is, I haven't told that to anybody yet. 
Well, I mean, we, we've talked about it. People at Diamond know what I'm doing. And then we're going to follow that up with a new Buck Rogers series, which incorporates these characters with their origins, which will be much more fleshed out. Because I think that good comic... Like, for instance, with our new Phantom series, um, one of the things... First of all, our new Phantom comic books... Peter David is a big fan of the Phantom. Peter David did the Phantom in 1989. He did the DC, yeah. He did the DC DC Comics. And uh, Peter David regularly comes by my booth at Comic-Con and buys the books for me. And I talk to Peter about it. And I know that there was a story that Peter wanted to do for years. He could never do it. So we talked about it. And uh, I can't give too much away because issue three, incidentally, is going to the printer next week and will be out very shortly. A lot of people have said, why is it taking you so long to do this series? Well, the answer is very simple. Um, There are lots of ways of doing artwork for books. And Sal Valudo is penciling and inking the book himself, and he is doing a tremendous job. Yeah. And he is doing full pencils and full inks, and he is not scrimping on any detail. Yeah. And this is a this book actually looks like it looks more like a classic newspaper strip than a comic. And um, I got a, you know Diamond Up, of course, is very concerned about our running so behind. Yeah. No, well, let's pause for a second while they announce. And your series with Peter and Sal are in the strip continuity of Lee Falk's original. Right, we're doing them um, in that world. I mean, there were a lot of questions when you, you do the Phantom, how do you do it? And when Dynamite did the Phantom, they made editorial decisions that they wanted to uh, change the canon of the strip. Right, it's kind of a, a, re- a revamp there. Yeah. And so, I mean, let's, let's talk briefly about it. I don't want to get, I don't, I don't want to strike any, no, any, no, any no, nerves. No, no, no. But there's something very interesting with the Phantom that there, it seems to me there are three publishers simultaneously with the rights. There's you, right. there's Dynamite, wrong. and then Moonstone has, or wrong. Okay, wrong. see, there we go. Is no, there, no, I'll, I'll, be very, I'll be very clear about it. In the and question. Moonstone has the, uh, they can do prose stories of the Phantom. I'm, that may or may not be correct. I'm not, you know, what, what Moonstone, Moonstone does a, a whole group of books that are, that are pro, pro-related, but um, Dynamite has a specific license to do uh, Guardians of, what, what is it it's called? The King's Watch. Yeah, used to be Guardians of the Galaxy. And, Defenders and, of the Earth. Yeah, yeah. But they had, when when their license expired, which was in uh, 2013, um, before it was expired, I had to approach King Features and said that I wanted to do um, a, a faithful uh, adaptation of the Phantom and comic book form, which would be more true to the strip, and that I wanted to embrace the canon of the Phantom rather than do a reboot of the Phantom. Mm-hmm. And... Um, there's a reason for that. Phantom has an incredible uh, history going back, uh, well, to uh, 1936. And it'll be the, the 80th anniversary of the Phantom next year. And th- there's a wealth of, of ways of handling the Phantom. Uh, and, you know, the fa- I, I like Phantom 2040. Uh, yeah. And a lot of people don't, but I like Phantom 2040. But, you know, I think that you can take the Phantom as a character... And you can bring back characters like uh, Sala from the uh, the Sky Band. I mean, you know, it's kind of like Superman or Batman. There's there's this whole universe of characters that exist in, in the Phantom canon that you can use and create yeah. marvelous stories about. And, um, you know, when I did Buck Rogers and I talked to Howard Chaikin about doing it, I said to Howard, 
that you know he had free reign on the story concept, but he had to start it in 1929 and make him a man from 1929 and adhere to certain things, mm-hmm. but that he had free reign to do what he wanted with the story because I wanted an interesting creative story. And, but I wanted it retro looking, and mm-hmm. that's the way Howard did it. And Howard did a very good oh, yeah, job with, with Buck Rogers. With with, I think there are certain characters that that, and th- I've had a lot of panel discussions about this that lend themselves to being updated. And a lot of people have said to me, "Why is the Phantom so popular uh, in Europe and Australia and New Zealand?" Yeah, I mean that's a good question because a not, lot of our listeners are American, and the Phantom is kind of. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's almost appeared, irrelevant to them. Exactly. Kind of. I mean, yes, I'm aware, but well, there's a reason huge for globally. That. Well, no, there's a reason for that. The reason is, first of all, that the Phantom um, has no angst. The Phantom. That's a really interesting observation. The Phantom knows that he is the 21st Phantom. He knows that the first Phantom took the oath on the skull. He knows that he has a family obligation to continue as the Phantom. He knows when he dies, his son, who he has a son in, in the current yes. in the current canon, will become the, tw- the the will become the new Phantom. He'll become the twenty second Phantom. So I mean, you know, there is a history and a canon. I mean, it, it'd be like saying, you know what, let's do Batman, but he's not Bruce Wayne anymore, and he doesn't have a fortune, and he doesn't have a Batcave, and he doesn't have Alfred, and his parents weren't killed, but he's the Batman, and he's alienated. And he's mean. Well, okay, fine. That's decent. that's Warner Communications. They can do what they want with their characters. In Europe and in Scandinavia and in um, Australia, the Phantom is an iconic character that is passed down from father to son. And there is great respect and love for the ghost who walks. And so you're at odds because in America, and, and the, the other the other thing that, that differentiates the Phantom from most contemporary superheroes that are published by, you know, DC and Marvel, is that the Phantom lives in Africa. Mm-hmm. And the Phantom has a family, and the Phantom is married. And yeah. he loves his wife, and his wife loves him, and she's very attractive. And these are not things that we have in the Marvel Universe commonly, the DC Universe, because there's much more um, conflict and there isn't that internal conflict with the Phantom and Diana and his wolf and his horse because the Phantom understands his purpose. When you try to change the Phantom and make him into a DC character or a Marvel character, you rob the Phantom of 80 years of history of a very... Uh, let me give you an example. Don Newton, who was a phenomenal Love Don comic book artist yeah. writer who embraced the Phantom for Charlie and did, I, I believe Salvaluda's and Peter David's version of the Phantom is on par with the Don Newton version because Don Newton loved the Phantom and embraced the Phantom canon and created incredible stories which go back to the Revolutionary War. He has one that takes place like almost with the Maltese Falcon in Casablanca. He has, he, he, told, he tells his new origin of the Phantom where the Nazis kill his father and then he confronts them, and they're all killed. Um, and Don Newton created incredible Phantom stories. Uh, and he did not take the character and stray from its core. So mm-hmm. that's fine. You want to do that, that's okay. My, 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 and, and I understand the Phantom historically because I have been reprinting 
since 2009. All of the strips, the dailies and the Sundays in continuity. Yeah. And I've been reprinting all of the uh, Gold Key and King and Charlton comic books. And that's a lot of material. And a lot of the uh, King, a lot of the stories that were in Gold Key were actually adapted from Lee Fox stories. Yeah. And some of the King stories were adapted from the Lee Fox stories. They were simplified. Um, in our free comic book day, we have one of the stories that was adapted from, I think it's the 7th Phantom Sunday Continuity, The Imposter. But it was adapted by Bill Lignanti, um, I think for King, for the King Phantom. And we have a, a wonderful Jim O'Para story, The River That Never Ends, with a, with a really good, almost Twilight Zone-esque ending. Okay. And Jim O'Paro did uh, you know, phenomenal work on the Phantom as, you know, Charlton was an interesting company because, you know, you got a mixed bag. You know, you got some people that weren't great. You had Steve Ditko working there. Yeah. You had Jim O'Paro starting there. You had, uh, you had Don Newton working there. Right, and some fascinating, fascinating quality stuff, but on probably the worst newsprint. Well, uh, that's, a pro- that's a problem that we have with restoring it. We, we're yeah. very careful in restoring it, and I think... Let me go get and show you this. I mean, I think our restorations look pretty good when you consider what we're dealing with. I mean, some people complain, well, this isn't a very good restoration. And the people that complain never bought the Charlton books. Right. <laughs> because they printed them on uh, presses where they made uh, cereal boxes. Yeah. And their, and their screens were like, you know, the lowest, you know, screen you could possibly get. And, I mean, the colors were all, like, you know, really awful. And, you know, we... Do, if, you know, you're looking at it. You know, you can tell me, and you can tell me if you think it stinks. But it really doesn't when you. When no, you no. I mean, I remember buying Charlton Comics as yeah. a kid. And so you know, when I was a little kid, I knew there was something off about yeah, their books. Something really off about them, exactly. But I mean, you know, we do a really good job restoring these things and bringing them back to life. Yeah. And uh, you know, this is the Pat Boy Ed fan, and Pat Boyette has a, a very loyal following who, who like his work. I've already told you I like Jim Caro. Yeah. And uh, Frank Bowie didn't do a bad job. Uh, the, issue 4, Volume 4, which is at the printer now, which has been printed, which will be available in about 30, 40, about 45 days. Okay. It starts with the end of the Pat Boyette era and then segues into comic books that uh, Charlton purchased the stories from an, uh, an Italian publisher who's doing them. And I forget the like three or four issues, and then it segues into Frank Bowley's work. And Frank Bowley was a was 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 a, a, a pretty good artist in doing the Phantom, and, and some of the covers are really nice. The cover for the uh, the Phantom Four, uh, the, co- the collection yeah. has a really great Frank Bowley cover. And Frank Bowley did it, and Don Newton took over, and then they went, you know, to I think it was issue seventy-seven or whatever it was, and they were, and then Charlton stopped it. That was the end yeah. of it. I think and they're all fascinating artists that I are kind of overlooked right. by modern audiences. Right, but it's, it's, it's very interesting to look at it. But, I mean, you know, the thing is is that, you know, it depends on how you see the ghost who walks. Yeah. I mean, you know, I look at the Phantom from the historical perspective, plus I look at it from the international perspective of Phantom fans all over the world, and I fully appreciate what <laughs> Dynamite tried to do. And in a Dynamite... Dynamite did not have permission to proceed with the four books that they did. And that's just the way it is. And uh, and that's fine. That's yeah. fine. Um, you know, they did your four-issue miniseries. I mean, you know, the, the Phantom 
in, in their series starts out as Lothar, who is who is the the co-character in Mandrake, the magician. I mean, he's an equal with Mandrake. Right. He is a, a king in Africa. He is a powerful character along with Mandrake. And in uh, in uh, King's Watch, I believe the Phantom is killed, and uh, Lothar so. takes his place. Which is really an interesting plot point, but you know it, it's not. It's canon. not yours. Yours is the one. In it's canon. not mine. Mine's canon. Mine's yeah. canon. You know, my. You know, I, 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 I'll, I'll tell you, the Phantom will be around forever in Europe and in Scandinavia and in the United States. Uh, the Phantom will be around, you know, long time from now. And I really believe that the books that I'm doing, when we collect them into graphic novels, will be around, and people will look at them. And well, I mean, you know, I, you know, we brought back the Baroness. Who uh, you know was evil? But she's not dead now. Absolutely. Oh, that's nice. And uh, I mean, we brought back the Baroness, and we brought back Diana's first boyfriend, who was supposed to be the Phantom, and then Lee Frock changed his mind. Oh, okay. And we have and 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 Peter David has thrown everything in there to make a really exciting story. And the first two issues have been very well received uh, critically and by the Phantom community, which is very important to us. And they've embraced the script that we're doing, and we're doing we're doing a lot more of it. In fact, I, I'm already busy working with Sal Valuto on. He's not going to do the next mini series, but he's going to do a standalone mini graphic novel. Good. And I want to go into too much detail, but it's the yeah. Phantom fans are going to die when they hear what we're doing. Wonderful. We'll leave that at yeah, there. Yeah, because I don't want to lose Sal, and I told yeah. him that the other day, so we already have a deal to do that. Good. Well, we've got some activity around the booth, so I'm going to let Certainly. you get back there. But thank you so much for taking the time Certainly. to talk. Yeah. Go ahead. Thank you. All right. So which should we handle next? Should we talk about Comic-Con at large, or should we talk about Marvel's, as uh, <laughs> Axel Alonso called today, dropping the mic right before Comic-Con by announcing 45 new titles after Secret Wars? Well, let's, talk, we let's talk about Comic-Con first, because and then go into the uh Alrighty. the 45 books so <laughs> one well, by one next week is the madness it is indeed comic-con international and uh there's a lot going on we already know they've introduced uh you know they mentioned a lot about hall h we've got star wars we've got all the warner brothers television we've got all the warner brothers movies uh we know that uh it, it was confirmed today of course that suicide squad and and batman v superman will be presenting at hall h uh with both ben affleck henry cavill no all ben affleck henry cavill gal gadot jesse eisenberg uh amy who was playing lois lane um suddenly blanking on her last name and I love her. Amy Adams. Uh, Amy Adams, yes, and of course Zack Snyder. So what about it's Jason be a, Momoa? See, you know they're withholding that, but I'm still going to make the prediction that they're going to pull what Marvel did a few years ago when they unveiled your Avengers, because it had been rumored there that uh, Jeremy Renner was going to be was going to be Hawkeye because Thor hadn't come out. They hadn't seen him yet. And then they un- unveiled him on stage, but had not previously announced him as a guest. So I wouldn't be surprised if all of the Justice League showed up. I, I'm, I'm going to make a prediction. He's going to ride in on the back of a Galapagos turtle. And then somebody's going to go, oh, yeah, I thought that was going to be a lot faster. But, you know, yeah. That would go over as well as that joke when Harrison Ford <laughs> showed up in, in handcuffs. Oh, I love that. Cowboys versus I love aliens. that. 
because they made a big deal about how he was so reluctant to be on any panels at conventions and yeah 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 so uh no i i don't think we have that after all the time that people have waited in the hall age i don't think that they have time for him to ride in on a galapagos <laughs> turtle dolphin plus i believe san diego just lost one Mm. One died at 150, so at least the locals would find that in poor taste. <laughs> but he is Cal Drogo. It does not matter. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, are you going to try and get in for that? I can't imagine. I, I can't imagine that's not. Gonna, that's going to be easy to get into. No, you know we don't get any. Here's the thing: they have reinstated the wristband policy. Yeah. So there's no cutting. You can't get someone to save your place in line. Right. You can, you can, they're allowing, like, you can get a wristband that will show that you camped out. You can get a wristband at 7.30 in the morning that says you have a place. Um, but if you have not shown up by 7.30 in the morning, you don't get a wristband and good luck trying to get in. So... The the reality is, and, and this is where I have to reinstate in case anybody has looked at some of the exclusives and stuff, reality is we go to work. You know, I, I mean, it's nice to go do that stuff, but, I, you know, it, it's um, we've got interviews to do. We've got roundtables and, and spending the night in line when I've spent this much on no, a nice no, hotel. No, no, yeah. I want that. <laughs> I want to get a good night's sleep. Uh, but also, you know, there are just a lot of things that, you know, yes, it is fun. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, it's like people ask me and I had to cut this off a couple of years ago of like, well, can you pick up that exclusive like that exclusive Lego minifigure for me? And you know, like, I, this is somebody I barely knew. And I'd say, uh, well, uh, if it'd be, it'd be you don't understand, that's a two hour line and I probably only have the right to get one. And I have a son. <laughs> Who's in the yeah. Legos? Yeah. I'd get that, you know. And they're oh my gosh, there are incredible uh, Lego figures this year too. Which I haven't even got. There's so many exclusives. I haven't had a chance to put them all up. But Lego has will have a con- convention exclusive set of the cover of Action Comics number one. Wow! So you yeah you get a little Superman throwing a car and as Legos you know, as Lego. Uh, there are a few other minifigures. I can't remember what they but but. TC characters, I think a couple Marvel characters as well. So you know, it's uh, but you know that's that's a lottery that you have to be around, be willing to stay near that place for like two hours. And you know, I, there's no, you know, when you when you get home, this stuff all goes up on eBay, and yeah, it's twice or three times as much as it would have cost if you'd stood in line. But you got to figure how much is your time worth, right? So for two hours of your time that you've spent to be at this convention, that you're spending on hotel and airfare and just the time of being there, standing in line is like, I'd say it's $60 an hour right there. Yeah, you know, and I I know there have been some websites like Bleeding Cool usually runs, um, here are the things that you could probably stand in line and pay for your trip to Comic-Con. But to me then, if you actually don't get to enjoy Comic-Con because right. you're standing in line for everything. Um, and if you, panels, buy, you buy that much you stuff, know, then you've got to haul around with you all day long or make the trek back to the hotel to dump and come back. So yeah, yeah, it's problematic. I, I am so lucky this year. There's only been like two or three things, and they're relatively small that I would like to get. And, you know, I'm, I'm really thinking if I only get one thing, it may just be the dude. Oh, from uh, Entertainment Earth? Yeah. Yeah, I want to run all the Entertainment Earth stuff because 
I put up a picture on the Fanboy Planet Facebook page of one of the exclusive items, which is, it is just a silly concept, and I'm like, I, and yet it is tempting. The uh, chair cape. Oh yeah, I saw those. They're two. There's I mean, a Superman. Just, they're just oh, the three. Funny. There's a Bizarro, a Batman, and a Superman. And and then it's one of those things that it's fun, and people are responding on the Facebook page, going, "I really want one of those." And, and then I go, "But, but really." Once you paid, like, I don't know what, it, I think it's like $30, um, are you really going to put it on your chair? Yeah. And is it going wear, <laughs> to wear down? Or and are you going to leave it in your chair overnight? And how are you going to feel when you get home, get back into the office the next day and it's not there? Oh, no, I wouldn't take it to the office. Good Lord. No? Uh, oh, it, not it, your it, office. Well, <laughs> no, in my home office, maybe put it on there. But then, right. you know, it is just a, a one more thing in the way. I, I don't know. I, I'm with you. I feel like I can resist a lot this year, but I think there are a lot of a lot of things that are all that are just insanely cool. And I wish and I was in. There's a lot of just general retail there. The 50 percent off uh, graphic novel, and then a lot of a lot of software and promotional stuff, electronics. There was one year I bought the, a great set of headphones there. I mean. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And shirts, shirts. Oh God. Uh, t-shirts. And, and <laughs> yeah, I think I, I'm going to try to just get away with just the con t-shirt. Um, it, I, we shall see uh, there. There may be a few other things. Also, there are like- some ex- exclusive books from a lot of different, different places. And then we occasionally come up with some swag, you know, um, but also feeling kind of good that none of the bags really appeal to me either. All the bags are kind of like yeah, the only one that actually kind of went, yeah, that'd be a cool one to get was the Supergirl. Cause I like the way they, they, yeah. they shot it and they, and I still say that's going to be, that will be the, the hot item once. I think it's Nate. Do you know it's Thursday night? They're going to show the pilot. of uh, uh, Supergirl. Yeah. I thought that was Wednesday I, night. Is it Wednesday? I could, I, I cannot Let's remember. Sure. Yes, Wednesday special sneak peeks pilot yeah. pilot screening Supergirl, Blind Spot, Containment. There's a ton Lucifer, of stuff. Lucifer and Teen yeah. Titans Go. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff. You just spend your your Wednesday night not on the floor, just just in watching these things. If you get into that room. Yeah, and uh, reality is, you know, I'd say Supergirl is going to be the hot one because it is a great, great pilot. And, uh, you know, once people have seen it at the convention and word gets around, people are going to start trying desperately to trade. There's always one. It's like, you know, I think it was two years ago was the Batman 66 one with no explanation. You know, they just had it, and then they didn't make any announcements about the DVDs that year. But um, You know what what I wish they would do is they – for the um, the nights that they have the masquerade, they set up a number of projection screens around that floor, mm-hmm. and they rebroadcast it out into other areas. And I don't know why they don't do that for some of these some of these promotion these uh, preview movies. It may be coming, you know, because the the interesting thing for me is that they are not ready, despite the fact that Wizard World has started experimenting with Con TV. The Comic Con web channel is not ready, uh, so they've made that promise for 2016, and they got the guy that used to run the Nerdist uh, to uh, the video parts of the of the Nerdist uh, oh. to set up Comic Con, uh, as they, they're calling it. Uh, I guess it is just the Comic Con channel at this point, um, with Lionsgate. 
And uh, so I would say next year you're going to see stuff like that. I that you're going to so. be able to maybe watch a stream, uh, and we'll see. Uh, I I had a little trouble this week when we when we put on the live stream of the Ant Man uh, red carpet premiere. So I don't know if that worked well for other people. I was watching know, Mike, it. It was doing fine until Michael Douglas got on in there, and then it went all blurry. Oh well, that may have been. You know, he, he demanded soft focus. I don't think. Yeah, I, I was trying. I was <laughs> going to work a joke Make like that in myself. Yeah, uh, you just got all smudgy. Um, well, yeah, I, I I know it was my computer that I'd have like three seconds of somebody talking, and then it would freeze up, and then about three minutes later, someone would go and that, and then I'd see a different picture, and that was it. So, but you know, that's I know my computer is. Uh, but I thought, He's an upgrade. So again, I, donate to PayPal. I did think they uh, were so, doing a good job of that broadcast. The, the, in general, for something that was just going to be a red carpet and they weren't going to go inside and see anything, not like a not like the Oscars or the Tonys or anything, that was pretty good, pretty entertaining. Oh, good, good, excellent. All right, so uh, yeah, let's talk. There's a couple of panels I do want to tout because I do want to say that uh, uh, we know that Friday morning, uh, Nate is probably where uh, Michael Davis will be doing the black panel, um, which is uh, a very popular crowded panel every year. And rumor has it, this is going to be the last one ever. Um, so a panel in which we they celebrate diversity in comics and push forth and what people can do to make comics more diverse led by Michael Davis, who Nate and I got to meet last year when he was a uh, guest in the uh, pro fan trivia contest, which is also, uh, up there uh, they'll be hosting this year and I have confirmation Mark Wade will be facing down way. once again Mark has confirmed it directly to me uh, that he will be there taking down uh, Tom Galloway for the 20th anniversary of the Pro Fan Trivia Contest at 4 o'clock on Sunday afternoon with uh, Len Wein as well and Anthony Tolan who uh, Rick will want to meet because if you have not met Anthony Tolan, because he's the guy who is reprinting all the Doc Savage pulp magazines. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and also one that I actually like, I promised Tom Galloway that I would tout this is that on Thursday night, uh, I believe it's at six, but check your schedule. Uh, Tom will be interviewing Paul Levitz talking strictly about Legion of superheroes and his time writing that. And Been there, which is done that. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> How rude. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a little, find out which podcast episode that is and reference it back. All right. Okay. So, well, actually, uh, I didn't get him. On, I didn't get him on mic at at, Mar- at Marvel. At Marvel, I was able to record people, but not take any photos. At DC, I was not able to record people, but I could take all the photos I wanted. It was like they had, they had negotiated the rights just that way. Should say for anybody who is going to Comic Con and hasn't looked at this already, they should go to the online schedule and get their set up because it works really well. Um, it took me about an hour to go through the first two days of schedule to get mine. I have to get back to it and finish it, but it's uh, it's a well designed um, schedule. Lets you flag the ones you want to see, and then you can look at what just what you flagged, so you can not right. Miss and they the stuff. and they did just push the update of the app. Uh, the Comic-Con app. Yeah. So um, it is now updated with the schedule. And I used that for WonderCon and found it much better than it had been in years past. Yeah, these things so, are, I, I'm, even the professional conventions I go to are using these things more and more uh, with not near as complex a schedule as Comic-Con has. 
So Comic-Con is really, it's it's fairly cutting edge, and it's really going to be, if you spend the time up front, you're going to save the time in the in the uh, actual running around the con. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, you can you can go and download that. Either go to the website or download through iTunes the Comic-Con app, and you can get your schedule and some interaction there. And that is good. So let's roll into the big thing, which was today, Marvel, and handed out at shops, too, but it said the mic drop of 45 books, because after Secret Wars, everything starts over from number one. And DC did that, too, but in June, and had the courtesy not to reboot everything. Well, frankly, not everything starts over because not everything continues. Well, that's true, too. Uh, I but, uh, yeah, I'm looking at, like, in, in this week's stack, I had an amazing Spider-Man in the midst of Secret War that is going to uh, reboot. But um, they're making the numbering very confusing. You know, this, this is I'm Spider-Man 19.1 here, but there will be one in the site. Uh, sorry, in the in the relaunch of 45. So some it's... of them are very interesting concepts. Uh, and, and I really like uh, where they're taking things oddly in doing what I feel that, uh, that DC did as well, which is it's about the book itself and continuity be damned perhaps in some of these. And then some of these are very clearly tightly woven in with other books. So we shall see, but the rumors of there only being one earth afterwards, maybe we started that rumor are very clearly false from the lineup that they've got here. Yeah. So, Shall we? Shall we dive just in? I've got the pages. Yeah, right let's, up, so let's we start with A Force. Although their alphabetization sucks because they did use uh, the as a as a T. Yeah, I know. Which in, in proper grammar you're not supposed to do, but I, I stuck with it because it was easier to keep order that way. Yeah. So Apple we do have, the same ooh, thing. We should mention one thing about Comic Con that I completely slipped my mind. What's that? Teachers panel. <laughs> Absolutely. Nate's been working on the sitcom Teachers as a production assistant, and uh, that will have a panel. What what time is the panel there, Nate? I have no idea. I'm looking for it right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, get back to us, and uh, and if anyone wants to meet Nate, uh, there he'll be. Uh, what will he, will he be wearing? Will you wear a red carnation? I don't know. I don't know what I'll do. I'll probably have a – no, I won't have the baby with me. I don't know. We'll have to come up with something, and then tell me, and I can put it on the on, uh, post on the site. Look for Nate at the teachers panel. We'll, we'll just run a photo of you. That's what we'll do. Uh, I should rerun. Didn't you write last year a great tips on how to handle? Yes, Comic-Con? we should I'll, rerun that. I will. I will look that up and and rerun that for 2015. Uh, excellent. So let's go into Marvel's 45, the lively 40. I can't. I don't have a good rhyme for it. Um, they want to strive to sell you 45 books this year, uh, this fall. And they, and they most in the, in the press releases had said previously when they announced some of these titles had said like, uh, fall because with secret wars having fallen behind a bit, uh, they really, it was difficult to be sure that they commit to October, but I think they're going to stick with that. And the first one up is a force, which uh, is by G Willow Wilson with art by Jorge Medina. Molina, sorry, and uh, it is, uh, in fact, I have number two right here on my stack of, uh, in Secret Wars, it's a a region, a realm where uh, it's all female superheroes, 
team together with She-Hulk as the leader. And it looks like that is sort of... It's it's, uh, it's at least the, the team is all female. It's going to be the same. And, uh, and it looks like many of the same characters. Though, for the life of me, on the website, I can remember, they introduced in A-Force a kind of a Captain America character was female. And now I can't think of what her name was, but one who really intrigued people. But... Uh, I did get directly from uh, last week when I ran the A-Force number one relaunch uh, that I was told by a Marvel guy that uh, that Dazzler is going to be amazing in this book. So that's the weird inside scoop of like, well, if you're a Dazzler fan, you'll be very happy with A-Force. But I'm happy to see it because clearly it had it sold well. People responded well to the idea. And I really like G. Willow Wilson as a writer, and she's the woman who did uh, Ms. Mar and continues to do Ms. Marvel, uh, Kamala Khan. And so uh, you want to talk about pushing, as Boom would say, comics forward and pushing diversity, A-Force is it. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Re relaunches with the number one, and I saw that today the hardcover collection of, I think it's the first six issues, of the series that they've done so far uh, hit the stands, but this is the relaunch where it is clearly no question. These are the same people you like watching on television. Right. Got it. Yeah. You got teachers, T the new TV land panel, 2 PM okay. Thursday, Indigo ballroom, Hilton, San Diego Bayfront. Okay. So they'll let you in you know, special, right? They like you, right? They do like me. They will not let me in special unless I somehow <laughs> run into them beforehand and just go up on stage with them. I will so dearly love it if you show up on the stage. And this is our PA, <laughs> Nate. Yo, I don't like Red Hulk. Anyways. <laughs> all right. Uh, after, after Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, is the all-new, all-different Avengers, which they had announced previously. And I think, did we get to talk about that last week, Rick? We when talk, I say last week, didn't we just record on Sunday? Yeah. We, um, <laughs> no, we, we talked a little bit about it. It's, uh, yeah. you know, it's 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 kind of an amalgam of, of what's going on in the movies plus the what's coming out of Secret Wars. So, because um, you got the Vision, you've got, uh, you've got Cat Falcon, and, uh, but they've got Iron Man. So it's a new Iron Man with Tony's redesigned armor and you got Nova. That was what we talked a little bit about Nova too. Yeah, you talked about Nova, and I was able to use it, and I just found a mistake. Something and Miles happened. and Miles Morales is in there too. So go I mean, ahead. All new Hawkeye. I had not caught up on the Matt Fraction run, which people liberate, uh, and it just came in. It's like though I saw the younger version of Hawkeye still showing up uh, somewhere in another cover. Um, it does look like this is an old Clint Barton uh, going up against a younger female character taking the mantle of Hawkeye. So it could be interesting. I don't know. I see a lot of gender switching going on, which isn't a bad thing. It's just interesting that it's happening so much in the Marvel Universe. So Hawkeye looks uh, like Thor. What? Hawkeye's Hawkeye looks like, like Thor. Thor. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you go to page two, there's the all-new Wolverine, who really isn't all new. She's X-23. Yeah. But but uh, something about the way that, that Splash looks just feels so old-school Marvel to me that it actually got me interested. 
It's kind of interesting. X-23 currently is uh, actually, she's boy-girlfriend with uh, Angel in uh, All New Avengers. Oh, no, All New X-Men. And um, this this X-23 looks more womanly. She looks more curvy. Than... Well, again, something I'm not quite sh- I don't remember we talked about on the last podcast that everything that happens after Secret Wars, all these relaunches will be eight months later. That's a lot of development for eight months. Well, no, no, no. I understand. Well, look at old man Hawkeye. Uh, Right. I I think we're getting different versions and different time after Secret Wars from the battle world. People are, we're not necessarily getting the version of them that we've had before. No, I totally buy it. I'm just, I'm just pointing it out that it's kind of like, we may be looking at, very different characters than what what we're uh, what we're used to because like X twenty three has this super bad fault where if you spray a pheromone on somebody she will go after them and try and kill them. Does she still have weeks? Yeah, she still has that problem. It's a problem, <laughs> you know. Don't they all have that? Uh, <laughs> Uh, book, all new X-Men, and so a new, all old X-Men. Uh, uh, hard, I was trying to come up with a good pun for hard-traveling heroes, and I could, but the five original members from the past, it looks like, uh, will uh, travel the U.S. in a beat-up VW bug. VX bug. A VW van. Oh, it's an X. I didn't even see the the X. Okay. In a, X-Y. In, in an XW van. Um so it could be interesting. And the thing I don't know at this point, I mean, some are obviously meant to be long ongoing, but some of these I don't imagine are meant to be more than like six issues. See if it hits, you know, it does look like it looks like to me. And I, there's another case of this later that angel does is maintaining his, um, his cosmic, uh, angel powers from, what was it? The black black uh, vortex. Yeah, black vortex. Hmm. And That's there's another char- there's another character who kind of showed that too. We'll get to in a little bit. As suspected slash predicted, uh, we get an amazing Spider-Man number one with the same writer as has been there before, Dan Slott. You may notice on this cover that there is a slightly redesigned Spider-Man costume recognizably Spider-Man, but there is some difference. His spider looks a little more electric, if you will. Glowy. Glowy. And it says, your friend and neighborhood just got bigger. So, you know, it's interesting because one of the things that um, from the Sony memo leaks had been that they were concerned as they moved Spider-Man forward that they wanted to make him more international, to make him more interesting visually because we'd seen him go on, on New York skyscrapers for five movies. They wanted to see if they could get him like, you know, with oh, the Eiffel tower in the background or with parliament behind him. Uh, so rumor is this will take him a little more national and you see him sort of almost in a bond. Peter Parker's in a bond like look with a white tuxedo. And he's touching his watch. Something's going yeah. on with the watch. And he's, he's actually, I think they're placing him in China. The building behind him has Chinese lettering on it. So, and one of the, one, at least one of the ladies is Asian. What I've heard is again that this is Peter Parker taking a, a greater ownership of his success as a result of the Superior Spider-Man, uh, of Doc Ock being in his body and leaving him with a company and ambition 
that he had never had before. So it's a good way in shorthand to separate out the idea of Miles Morales operating in New York, but Peter's on call for him as a mentor if he needs it, but also to keep their adventures uh, separate without people going, which Spider-Man is this in New York? So It does um, explain why he'd need a car too, because if he's going to go around Europe, he's got to have a car. Well, I really just... Europe and Asia. A new Spider-Mobile. Oh, loved that buggy. Anyway, you know when uh, when Miles Morales was announced uh, last week with the with the Spider Man solo book and it's adjective list. It's just called Spider Man. Again, the news cycle basically said, "Oh, you know, Peter's going away," and it's like, no, there was nothing there. This was happening. It's just if you're a regular reader of comics, you totally understand how one character or one title can somehow split into. 17, like the X-Men or the Avengers, is in danger of becoming. So the next one up there is uh, Angela, Queen of Hell. Anybody reading this book or reading the prayer book? No, because what I put down there was I read the first issue of Angela, Asgard's Assassin. I did not particularly enjoy it, so I did not continue. Yeah, me too. I think there's something interesting about the idea of a character who started out as an angel for Image Comics becoming the queen of the afterlife. Uh, the writer is vaguely interesting to me, Marguerite Bennett. I haven't actually directly read her, but again, it's she's one whose reputation is building a lot. I'm hearing her name mentioned a lot. Uh, and she'll be writing the DC Bombshells book. We talked about her actually a few yeah. weeks ago yeah. at uh, Baycon. So, um, That's kind of interesting. Do- she's She's got a definite Spawn vibe going on in that, uh, in that throne. Well, I wonder, will they try to just outspawn Spawn with her? Yeah. <laughs> that was an awkward sentence. I don't know what's wrong with my tongue tonight. All right, let's take a look then, and you go to page three. Oh, it's uh, slowly loading. Astonishing Ant-Man. Trying to reestablish... I, I don't believe this one. I'm assuming Scott Lang and uh, Scott has, uh, has the Grizzly, and the Grizzly's been working for him in the current Ant-Man book, which I guess just finished up, huh? Yeah. Uh, and it looks to me like the character right next to him must be the Wasp, but a version a version of the Wasp we've never seen before. I'm not sure. The, I think they've got the old Ant-Man's rogues gallery there, because I know Porcupine was, was a classic Ant-Man <laughs> villain. That was actually one of the first Marvel villains I ever read a story of. And I'm pretty sure Whirlwind was in there too. She's she's kind of reminding me of somebody, but I don't know. If, uh, I don't think it's Wa- I don't think it's Wasp, but could be, could be. Well, it could be a just character. I don't know because I when you say talk about the Ant Man's Rogues Gallery, I mean, how many do you really know? There there were very few, but I mean, there were a couple that did show up. A couple Egghead is the, is the other one that's kind of in there. Um, it's Wait, also Egghead in there? No, he's not in there. Oh, no, in, in the in the Gal- rogues. Yeah, no. Group. I remember Egghead, and uh, again, the first Ant Man story I ever read, the Scarlet Beetle, the uh, radioactive beetle that had intelligence. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, and then we'll if, see. I think what looking visually is setting up an idea that matches what's happening in Ant Man the movie. And if you look in the background of this, you can see there's some kind of giant man back there. Yes, indeed. And again, let us not forget, there was rumor that uh, Paul Rudd will become Giant Man in Civil War. So it's interesting there. Below that is, of course, Captain Marvel being relaunched with the uh, showrunners of Agent Carter as the new writers taking over. 
So that's interesting in and of itself. And they'd also created and run Reaper, which I love. So I know that they've got great characterization skills. And uh, and we shall see that. That's, again, a no-brainer that they'd relaunch that since that's going to be a film. Carnage. Are you interested in that? Carnage is a, is a – I always feel no. – I always feel bad reading a Carnage book. Okay, that's a take I hadn't thought of. Why do you feel bad reading a Carnage book? He's a he's a psychopathic murderer. He's unreal. You know, Venom at least is occasionally on the side of the angels. The only time that um, what's his name? Um, God, I had his name for a second. The 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 psychopath who has the red Cletus, Cletus. Cassidy. Yeah. The only time he was ever anywhere near good was during Axis when he got flipped. And even then, he was trying to do good, but he was still killing and dismembering people. Um, I don't know. I, I'm i I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of this, of, of giving that guy his own uh, his own title. And, and it's not yeah. the first time he's had his own title. No, though. he's had Marvel's- many miniseries. Yeah. It is interesting to me the writer and artist choice because Jerry Conway coming back, we, we've talked about him in recent years because he's the one who created um, Firestorm and he had had some issue with DC about making sure that he was uh, compensated for his characters appearing in other media. Um, yeah, the the cover on this with the train tracks going down into the abandoned mine or whatever it is and Descent into Madness is the kicker. Um, just makes me think that this is going to be uh, looking into his psychopathy or whatever. Um. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> psychopathy. Contest of Champions, which it, it doesn't seem to be anything other than um, <laughs> the, almost like the original Contest of Champions um, with alternate i guess like the game have you played the game i have not i have not either i i I, there was another marvel game that just came out and i tried it on my phone and it was just huge and way slow to download updates and i just basically gave up on it it was mildly amusing but um this what's the there's a dc book that's based on a on their their uh um on a fighting game. It was, uh, it was well, there's Injustice, Gods Among Us. That has an ongoing. And then the other one that, uh, that, um, that game that we, we both played the beta of. Um, right. So same concept, only yeah. Marvel is allegedly putting it into their continuity with instead of Battle World, there's going to be Battle Realm afterwards. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, and I guess that's my only disappointment is um, Marvel. Uh, I don't feel that you need to have um, <laughs> everything so tightly tied to continuity there. I don't, I don't know. We, we'll we'll see. I don't. Th- I can't imagine that it's going to be more than like a six issue miniseries, and that's probably the intention. So yeah, but with great alternate universe versions of characters, I like that. But you know, it's you know I I don't know because it does remind me of. I in the eighties when comics were how much was it seventy five cents, uh, you know, yeah. a piece. 
and I bought that contest of champions and went, that was silly, but I got to see a bunch of superheroes I didn't know before, like Shamrock. Um, you know, it was, uh, and Sabra. So next up, uh, a new launch of Daredevil, which after kind of the lighter, lighthearted, I don't know if it's called lighthearted, but the Mark Wade take, which was brighter. It looks like this version by Charles Soule and Ron Garney will be dark again, more in fitting with the Netflix series, and his costume is largely black. And would you agree? Does that look like Gambit? Yeah, that's. I'm sure that's Gambit because he's got a pole, and he's got yeah. The that's Gambit, what I thought too. The but Gambit kind of open top cowl. With... Yeah, I, it's it's he's kind of a good match for Daredevil. He's almost like he's almost like a a good bullseye, you know? Yeah. Is Deadpool, which is dead. It looks like it's more of the same as before, but that's not a bad thing, because if you're a, f- a fan of Deadpool. But there's no Brian Posehn listed on there. I don't think Brian Posehn's been writing it in a while. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't been reading it in a while. Cut a lot of books out. Yeah, I know. I understand. It was still good, and I, I actually I think without Brian Posehn, uh, what I've heard is the Deadpool got um, it was still still fun and the kind of the over the top humor, but that there was really um, an emotional core that uh, had been kind of unexpected. Um, so that's you know, that, like I said, it's it looks like it's it's just more of the same um, after Deadpool is Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange uh, with the big old axe. Yeah, surgery requires a scalpel. I think, again, positioning him as, well, I don't know. I know that people love Doctor Strange, but... Um, I haven't really been happy with a Doctor Strange book, really, since the... Uh, was it Frank Brunner? Um series that came out of marvel premiere which that oh, way back when yeah that really established strange as a new type of character because prior to that my strange was all the steve Ditko stuff oh right yeah and then that strange had him less dimension hopping and he was more like in the world and he was dealing with a bunch of cthuloid creatures and an overarching plot that was going to destroy the world you got some Great characters like was it Silverblade or Silverknife? And Silverknife, I think Silverblade was a DC book, which yeah. I wish they would reprint. But uh... um, and then yeah, but that was that was just a solid book with great art and and you they brought out some of the other characters like Wong as as real real solid characters, and then you had Doc Strange in in uh, defenders and there was those were really pretty good but that was a team book it wasn't just dr strange which of us enjoy that yeah i i got to read <laughs> to pitch the uh to plug the uh pro fan trivia because i went through a lot of dr strange a couple years ago on anniversary so yeah those some very interesting stuff but uh i say in the modern day when they've tried miniseries like old school dr strange fans have not been happy uh, nothing's really stuck so it'd be interesting to see this i my, the jury's still out on me for me on Jason Aaron as a writer. He's writing Thor, which has been really good, but yeah. um, I think he'd done some Hulk stuff that was not entertaining. 
and some earlier Thor stuff that I, I wasn't so into. So, I mean, like any writer, uh, it just depends on whether or not he's got an idea that we're responding to. I think that it's very important to Marvel that Doctor Strange have a solo book, obviously, yeah. because they're going to have um, well, we've you know, had, a movie. We've, we've had Strange who has, you know, in, in the recent past, Strange be- lost Sorcerer Supreme status and then worked really hard, even though he didn't have it, uh, to still be a force for good. And then I guess he reclaimed it when Baron uh, Dr. Voodoo. That, oh yeah, okay, that's right. There was that period too. He had be, he had become the Sorcerer Supreme, and then he went over to the over to the dark side. He he got twisted around. But what I don't want them to do with this is I I just read the new Doctor Fate, and it's going to be fine for a lot of people. But for me, that is not that that wasn't. I don't really want the MacGuffin of the helmet to give me give me the powers, and then I've got to discover. I, I I don't want greatest American sorcerer, you know. I I uh, and now you've pointed out something that uh, now bothers me about that book. I I I, I was okay with that because I'm waiting to get Nabu in there. Yeah. I mean, like I said, but it all you know when we talked about that on the podcast a little while ago, you hadn't really read any of the reboots where they had essentially established that for a long time. Yeah. So I, I that's a that's not a new idea to me. Yeah. Uh, so I was more open to it, but I, I do hope that Nabu shows up, just so that there is at least some connection to the. But I want a strange who is comfortable in his powers and his position, and I want him be taking on big stuff, and I want them to build a big cast around him again. I'd like to see Klee come back. I'd like to see, you know, maybe Mordo Mordo become decides he's going to recant and become a force for good if he can kind of thing. You know, that, there are lots of things you could do in that space. I understand. Uh, next up is uh, a controversial somewhat because of who's writing it, uh, which is, uh, and if you refresh, you'll see, is Drax. Not the Destroyer, just Drax. Yeah. You have a, you have a wrestler writing a character played by a wrestler in the movies and it's CM Punk writing it, and not, and not Dave Bautista, who probably doesn't have the time, but still. Uh, anyway, uh, it's another character where I'm not sure beyond what I see as a little thing of the IFC, the Intergalactic Fight Club. It's probably just a miniseries, and they're just not telling us what what is and isn't. Yeah, I, I think that's that's probably a good good way to place it. If if I thought they were going to take Drax. I think they're comfortable with where Drax is right now, but Drax is one of those characters that's been interesting to me because of his his rebirths and the way yeah. he's changed every time he's rebir- reborn. You know, he's more cerebral, less powerful, more powerful, less cerebral, more you know, cosmic, whatever. Um, this Drax is the muscle of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and that's what he is. Yeah, we'll see that. You go to the next page, and we've got uh, Extraordinary X-Men. Uh, it's a lot of Jeff Lemire who used to be all over the new 52 and is now part of the make Marvel thrive 45. Uh, did that one work? That <laughs> Almost. Right? It's uh, too many set levels. So, you know, keep going. I'm trying. I know I, it just doesn't flow trippingly off the tongue. Um, but extraordinary X-Men, which I think places, uh, things that almost look like classic versions that would be appearing in age of apocalypse over in, in, for Fox, 
but I don't want to overplay that hand either, but it is the Mohawk Storm. You've got a younger Jean Grey. You've got Nightcrawler the way I like him best. He's got a sword. He's kind of swashbuckling, but that doesn't mean it's this universe's uh, the Nightcrawler we know. There's the modern Iceman, because, of course, the the original Iceman, the one who's exploring his sexuality, is part of all new X-Men. And uh, then there's Magic and an older Colossus. Beardy, and then, Beardy Colossus. Beardy Colossus. The Steel Beard. Let's yeah. call him that. Steel Beard. Steel Beard. Sounds like a pirate. Uh, and Old Man Logan. Yeah. I'm most excited. Of all the X-Books, this was the one that I'm, I'm most excited about. Because I like this team. I, I, this is, this is, this is the only one that's got me wondering is the young Jean Grey. Um, because we've got, we've, we've got the, the Logan Jean Grey history, but now we've got uh, a teenage yes. Jean Grey and an old man Logan. Yeah. Well, we'll see that all of that is very interesting. I, this is one of those books where I do wonder are we going to get a return to a status quo that we've known from before? You know, like in a year, is all this just going to be, okay, we've played around with Old Man Logan. Although, again, I, I think cinematically, oh, I see. Hugh Jackman could still play Wolverine <laughs> if Old Man Logan gets popular. Uh, so, he needs to put on a couple of pounds. Um, well, he can do it. He actors can do, can it. do that. Yes, I know. Uh, this I, I, Is there really anything... So, is there anything close to a status quo for X-Men since like the eighties. No, no, there's not. I, so I just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, that's why I stopped reading it. I couldn't keep it straight. It's like Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you pay attention to how far Pokemon's gone, wow. oh my gosh, which they have a Pokemon X and Y. Uh, they're very much alike. Uh, let us move to guardians of the galaxy. Notable only for who is now on the team. And you see right there in the picture, uh, you know, essentially the same creative team, but uh, but now the thing, Ben Grimm, and historically, this is my favorite. You know, after um, after the original Secret Wars, Ben Grimm went out into space for a while, stayed on the planet. So if that if their idea is to kind of harken back to Rocky Grimm, Space Ranger, yeah, this is the place I'm buying to do the it. book anyway because I like Guardians of the Galaxy. But uh, there's actually one other difference here, and that is uh, No Gamora. No, because she's on a force. Yeah, she's also oh, no. she's on she's fighting on the cover of Contest of Champions. Right, and if in I've seen alternate art for that cover that didn't have the banner at the bottom, and she's the other <laughs> cosmically enhanced uh, Black Vortex character to survive with her. Uh, with well, her you know why shimmering. you've seen that art without the banner at the bottom because we have it on Fanboy Planet. Oh, uh, okay. You can click and you can see that. The thing is, too, I say this: what was appearing in the Marvel previews is it's all stylized and got this top and bottom banner to make it all look consistent. The artwork that when they've made the announcements of the books, if they sent it to us, it's run on a separate page as well with a, with a much more in-depth write-up of from Marvel and myself as to what the book looks like it's going to be. So, did we? Did you guys already say who Star-Lord is? Who Star-Lord is? Is it Kitty? That's a chick. Yeah, I'll bet it's Kitty. Who? Kitty Pride. Oh, it could be. Star Wars fiance. Mm. Okay. Well there's uh there is there's a, a there is a There's a Star Lord book, right? Yes, there is a Star Lord solo book. Well there's still an a uh Secret Wars book of uh 
Peter Quill versus Kitty Pride or Kitty It's Pryde. not versus. They're and in love. But they're fighting. They're she's like chewing him up in the first uh Yeah, well I have seen you and Debbie. Well, that's different. <laughs> yeah, she can't phase. <laughs> Debbie's Debbie's blades are not sharp enough to cut through my mask. <laughs> I wouldn't say that around her. Okay. Uh next up I, I just love the idea. And again, we I I raved about Howard the Duck last week, and this is why. Um, because it's all you can say is we're we to number one. Yes. Again. And Howard, uh, gets a new hat. They've got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's Howard the duck the way it hasn't been for decades. So, uh, I'm all for, I will continue buying this book. I like that. There's a jughead hat next to him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hope he chooses that one, right? Oh, that'd be awesome. Uh, so, which does, uh, I think next week is the launch of that, uh, new Archie that Mark Wade and Fiona Staples re reboot. Uh, and it is really a reboot. It's, it's interesting. I've seen a few pages and um, it's, it's interesting. So how would be good? The next one is the one that it sounds so stupid. I have to buy this. I am Howling so hopeful. For, so, I am so hopeful and fearful for this thing. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I feel because there was right there was a Howling Commandos. They've done two Keith, prior to Keith this. Keith Giffen had done it with monsters before. Right, they did one that was strictly monsters, and they've I think they've done one other one where they were actually part of Shield, and this looks like kind of a continuation of that theme. Um, I'm gonna on the swamp on the Swamp Thing shoulder. Man thing, man thing. The Man Thing shoulder is that one of the Red Ghosts monkeys? I think it's Hit Monkey. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I, I think it could be one of the Red Ghost monkeys, but I put down that it was Hit Monkey because uh, he, I think he has a gun, and he does have a gun. Okay, and James Gunn, uh, no pun intended, there. That was actually the movie he pitched to them before they hired him for Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. So they kind of want Hit Monkey to because he gets mentioned in the interviews all the time. I it's, think it is Hit Monkey. I'm comparing his photo <laughs> with because, the one you have in your wallet. Yes. Yeah. Nate has a photo of Hit Monkey, um, but he's in a Shield costume. So, yeah. yeah. A Shield yeah. uniform. So no, that's, that's why it's so confusing. Well, they kind of all are, to the extent that they yes, can. Yes, they be. are. Um, um, and now, do we think the werewolf is uh, Jameson? I think it's Jack Russell. You think it's Jack Russell and not uh, Werewolf by Night? I, I think it's Werewolf or, by Night. You think it's Man Werewolf Wolf. by Night and not Man Wolf? Yeah. Okay, and who's the guy just to the right of that? The zombie-looking guy? I'm believing that's a zombie Jasper Sitwell. I was afraid of that because it's Sitwell's jacket. No, it's Sitwell's uh, glasses and haircut. Exactly, so that's what I think it is. Uh, I'm not sure who the aquatic creature is. Yeah. I'm just happy Dum Dum Dugan is back. And then... Uh, though I don't know who's on the far right. I guess that's their Frankenstein. No, the far far that's right is is the uh, he's been in um, Secret Wars, and I'm trying to remember who he is. Uh, oh, it is a scroll. Yeah, okay. But I know this guy's this guy was in. Uh, I just read a book that he was in, and I think it was actually. Now we can skip it. it it's he's well. He's, and the other thing is, it has Elsa Bloodstone, which I thought was a really good character that has not taken off the way she should have. It's, you know, she was really poised at the beginning of the 21st century to be like their Buffy. Yeah. And then they just, I don't know why, how they bobbled it. 
or maybe people did think it was too much of a ripoff of Buffy, but she did fit within Marvel continuity. So I'm happy to see Elsa have a book, have a appearance somewhere. It's funny uh, given how how few stories had Ulysses Bloodstone in them. I mean, probably maybe maybe less than ten. And they killed him too soon. Yeah, they because killed. I think I think Ulysses Bloodstone would have sold really well right now. Yeah, he had a he had a bit of Doc Savage going on. He had you know a little yeah. bit of yeah. Well, I always liked Bloodstone, and then you know also was a good way to revamp the. So I don't know why that hasn't sparked. We'll see. Maybe in this one, Howling Commandos of Shield. We go to the next page, and we've got Illuminati. In, and they used Forever Evil as the tagline, which I realized was, of course, last year over at DC. So of the books right now, that's probably the one I'm, I'm the least interested in. I think this looks like a train wreck. I, and I'm trying to place – I'm, I'm looking at the characters on the, at the bottom, and I'm guessing the big guy is Crusher Creel because he's got the – Yeah, he's got yeah. the yeah. – yeah. The so, absorbing man. So to the, 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 to the left – The girl – the girl to his right, our left, looks like it could be Medusa, but you can't tell if that's a tail. I don't or think it's Medusa. I don't think it's Medusa. She's in too many other books. I think she's. I think this is one of the Viper Squadron. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that could be a scorpion tail. Yeah, who's the guy on his shoulder though? Groot's offspring. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Uh, Salacious Crumb. Yeah, and then you got two more kind of ambiguous figures to the right, and one in the far I, background. Honest, I don't care. Yeah, that's the problem. There's exactly. nothing about that that makes me care. I I didn't really like the hood that much. No. Again, you know, some concept, and maybe it is just like a okay, we'll try a six issue miniseries, see what hits. But but especially using the title Illuminati when that's so closely associated with what just happened in with Secret the Avengers Wars. and yeah. Yeah, it just seems wrong. The Hood actually was written well in a recent storyline where he just he he had his magic taken away from him. I, I think maybe it was the Mighty Avengers, um, and he just he just played them for everything they were worth. And he didn't. And the character was really super well written. But that's the only time I've been interested in that character. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, we go to what the character is that I know you're the most interested in. Yeah. Which is the Iron Man. So we got a redesigned armor, and the write-up on the armor is kind of cool. That all the all the pieces of the armor can reconfigure, so he's kind of like a transformer, and so he can build. I was going to say this looks shield. extremely mecha. Yeah. So they they showed him like his arm turned into a different kind of shield weapon, whatever, in one of the sketch drawings promo promoing this book um i am happy to get a uh, a tony stark who is back into being the best at what he does which is coming up with cool new armor and new toys and not being i you know i enjoyed the uh, superior iron man when it was started by the time it was done i was happy to see it go um, i wondered yeah. yeah your enthusiasm did seem to dim a little bit yeah so i didn't they had I want to see Tony return and I actually, I hope that Arno isn't part of this. I think the Arno thing, and it's just, a, you know, it is just personal opi- uh, opinion, but the Arno thing is, is too complicated for the average reader. Yeah. It was kind of added in there by the Orson Scott card, ultimate Iron Man, which they kind of wanted to back away from because everybody wants to back away from Orson Scott card now. And, um, 
you know, it was just, yeah, let Iron Man be a clean concept. And I think that's what Bendis is, is going to try and do is just kind of get back to that clean. And, and the thing is, you know, it's, it, I like what you said. He's building toys. Think of the toys yep. because they have these lines of smash ups, you know, mashup characters. Um, gee, new armor. Um, the one that I thought I was going to hate just from when I heard that it was getting a solo book and then looked, but then I saw who the team is. The next one is Karnak from the Inhumans. Mm-hmm. And then Warren Ellis is writing this. That's the only thing that might get me to buy the first issue. It's going to, it's going to last six issues and out. It's not even going to last six issues, but I'm going to love it. And this cover is just scary. <laughs> it is. But when you have that tagline, the flaw in all things, I'm like, oh, yes, this could be, you know, and Warren Ellis just writing, you know, because, again, if you've ever read, read one of Warren Ellis's novels where he's not encumbered by feeling like he has to tone it down for comics, this guy is twisted. And I say that ironically because he's rarely toned it down for comics, too. Um, you know, it's just great. I've always thought uh, Karnak was an interesting supporting character in The Inhumans, and the idea that he can sense the flaw wherever it is to be able to know where to strike, exactly where to strike, was an interesting explanation of his super kung fu. But, yeah. And I guess War- Ellis will probably take it a little further and have him be able to see the flaw in arguments or organizations or whatever. Which I think they played, didn't they play around with that a little bit in War of Kings a few years back? But, uh, you know, the, the other one I, I was thinking was, uh, I realized that Karnak, does have a DC counterpart, which is sort of a major disaster. And uh, they had done some interesting stuff with major disaster when he turned good for a while. And I could see Warren Ellis, not only just flawed arguments, but there could be some fascinating Rube Goldberg, really dark and twisted Rube Goldberg things happening with Karnak, maybe choosing not to fight, but seeing where the flaw is and just giving a little push. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, Ellis could do some amazing things with it, so I, I'm there. Um, and it's the, it's, it's, it's at least the, one issue. I don't think I think I'm willing to commit because I don't think that other people will, and I don't think I'll have many issues to buy. Um, <laughs> Ms. Marvel. There's nothing to be said other than it's still going and uh, it's getting a number, a new number one, but that means nothing. We'll assume it's just moving forward. It's a great book and. Uh, you know, it, every, and it's going to sound weird, but since of course I did teach at a, at a girl's high school, students would ask me and still do former students ask me like, well, what should we read? And I say, pick up Ms. Marvel. And then I get messages from them saying, Mr. McCall, that was, that was just, I'm hooked. I'm absolutely hooked. So that book was launched with a, with a demographic in mind. It, it got it the right way by being it's a great book so everybody can enjoy it but definitely people that hadn't read comics before it's like fables used to be the gateway drug ms marvel is actually for teen girls the gateway drug to superhero comics that's what i wanted to hear you say because this is not a book that's written for me i enjoy it when i do pick it up i picked up um but yeah it's the graphic novels it's not meant for me what's great what's great about the character is her unbridled enthusiasm for what she's doing and what she can do and, and all of her, uh, all of the mundane problems she has in balancing those with the absurdly 
crazy problems she has, which is what you want in a teenage superhero. The, um, and that's what it's got. That's, that's, that's really good. When I'm fearful for this book is when they finally get a writer who's going to say, now we're going to take her to her darkest point in her life. You know? Well, I kind of hope that they just cancel it then. Yeah. Because I don't want to see that. No, I don't. It's already, know. it's, it's, it's hard enough. You know, uh, I mean, for the character, uh, they've done a great job. Uh, they, G Willow Wilson has done a great job of like, she's, you know, stuck in these cultural shifts. She yep. wants to be one thing, you know, her parents want another and it's just, but so far she hasn't lost it. You know, it's not, it's not like it's not destroying her life. It's something she deals with and she's still enthusiastic and she's still finding ways to be herself. Yeah. And there's a, there's a, I don't know what, I can't remember what Marvel calls there. They're not ultimate editions when they do like a, it's not an absolute, but, uh, or I guess it is a deluxe of like issues one to 12 of Ms. Marvel will be coming together. So I've, I've ordered that because I, I know that's a book that I like to just, you know, take down and just go, yeah, this is just really well written. Yeah, so. And we also see here that Medusa is the new Wolverine of the uh, Marvel Universe. Well, I think that's on purpose, too, because they've got a movie coming. Yeah. And they want everybody to, you know, that's why I, I believe that we're going to have Karnak is going to be key in the Inhumans movie. And I believe that Medusa is going to be key in the Inhumans movie. I know Black Bolt will. I still make the call. I think that it's going to be uh, Vin Diesel. I tell you, you know, I, I tell you the, oh, no, I, I'll, I'll, I'll get back to Vin Diesel. I, the the one character that they cannot screw up, and if they don't, it will be the most beloved character out of the Inhumans movie, is Lockjaw. Yep. And if they do Lockjaw right, it, he'll be as popular as Groot is. And it's also, if they go with the Lockjaw who can speak, that's where you put Vin Diesel. Oh, no. No, I think he's Black Bolt. Nah. Nah. I like the Black Bolt that they we saw in uh, in that we're seeing in Secret Wars the the suave and uh, dark haired uh, yeah he's he's almost James Bondish in that uh, okay well we go to and here's a page I see once again not being uploaded correctly but I'm fixing as we speak. Um, the new, it's not the, it's new Avengers. Some of these titles are like, well, we're keeping Hickman's naming convention in place where we can. Uh, so new Avengers, uh, dealing with Bobby DaCosta having bought AIM at Sunspot. Oh, there's wealthy. Hulkling in the background. What? That's Hulkling yeah, in the background. Yeah, I said, I said he was in it, yeah. yeah. And, and the younger Hawkeye. Yeah. Another younger and, Hawkeye. Yeah, and then uh, Wiccan, his, uh, Hulkling's boyfriend, and um, it's not Mockingbird. What's a songbird? Yeah. From, and I'm not sure who's in the brown jacket, if that's meant to be Boom Boom, although she's supposed to be a blonde, so. I'm not uh, sure who that is. That's DaCosta in front. Sunspot. Yeah. So, interesting. Uh, I, I don't think that I'm necessarily going to get up. There are characters that I like but don't love. And, um, yeah, this I think is going to be a pass for me. Yeah. I think of what other books Al Ewing has written. I know I'm seeing his name a lot, but he hasn't, uh, which is not a cut. It just means I haven't read enough to go like, Oh yeah. An Al Ewing book. I love that. You know, I, I know. didn't he do mighty Avengers. 
Uh, he might have, yeah. But I stopped, I I read the first issue and was out. So, um, and more because I fell behind, not because it was or wasn't any any good. It was interesting, but not it just didn't hold me. So, uh, next up is Nova, Yay, and Nova. Uh, Rick talked about him in the last podcast um, about uh, you know how what a great character the younger the new Nova is, and now his father is back. Uh, which had been part of the um, original Sin prologue that he was looking for his father. So it says it's the family business. So we're actually seeing father-son superheroes. Uh, not much to say except it was a good family-friendly character for, and I hope that it continues. Looks like uh, the young Nova's costumes changed a bit. Um, luckily, they don't have the ear spikes from uh, years back for Nova um, Senior. You remember the shoulders that you're in? he raises his arms, he's going to oh, spike okay. his head. Uh, oh, the 70s. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Padded shoulders. Love those. Uh, and next is Old Man Logan. And the thing, and Nate, maybe you'd have a better perspective than I do, is that if you've got Old Man Logan, is the popularity of Old Man Logan really because Mark Miller's concept of logan was so cool or was it just his was it his vision of the future of the marvel universe uh, i didn't really care for the series at all i so... didn't i stopped i stopped reading it about halfway through. <laughs> i read it all the way through and i i would have to say it was it was the characterizations of everybody of seeing what had happened with like the hulk families and the you know having him go through the driving through the corpse of giant man. You know, I was like, wow. Um, oh, I can remember walking to the comic shop and there were people just like going, that's so awesome. He drove. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, it was, it was Mark Miller. It was, you know, dark. It was twisted. It was, you know, so I don't know how that character is going to fit. However, Jeff Lemire, who is also all over the Marvel universe right now, uh, he's almost as omni- uh, omnipresent as, uh, Wolverine used to be, uh, only he's real. Um, it's that he's Brian Logan, and so. Well, one of the, one of the things you do with an old man Logan is you take the um, the incredibly indestructible Logan out of the out of it, and you make you have a Logan with a healing power, but it's not quite as good, and so he's got to be more cagey, more careful. Yeah, and, it had to go down in in that original storyline, right? Right. So that's that's uh, hopefully that that is what makes you able to tell a better story with somebody who does have to watch out for him. They can't just say, "Oh, 16, 16 thugs with guns, I'll just run straight into them." Um, he's got to be he's got to be smarter than that. And that's their tagline too: "Older, wiser, sharper." Yeah. So I mean, it it could be interesting. Um, again, a, a good creative team, uh, but because I wasn't into the original storyline, I just I, yeah, I'm not. Let's, let's face it, launches. It's almost like for some of us that are spending so much money each week, uh, we're looking for excuses not to buy the books. Right, so you've right, got to right. give me something really good, well, like here. That's Sam that's Wilson, exactly Captain where I am America. with this next one. Uh, I. No, this is an excuse not to buy because I feel like it. Like you just somehow gave me the cover of Civil War Two. Yeah, and I don't get it. Um, 
I'm on the one hand very happy that they're staying with Ka- Sam Wilson as Captain America, but on on the other hand, uh, I don't want to see this artificial division between him and Steve Rogers. I want Sam Wilson to stay because I am looking at it going, well, the person that's not reading comics, um, I think it's most likely that uh, that Falcon in the movies is going to become Captain America, and so. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see Anthony Mackie take that role. So I, I'd like the character to become more established that way in the comics. But yeah. is it just me too, or is Old Man Rogers looking more buff than Sam Wilson now? Well, I'm not sure how that Old Man Rogers thing works. Does he still have like the Super Soldier formula? It just no. The stopped su- him young is it supposedly it had burnt out on him, and he was aging. He was catching up to his what his age was supposed to be plus or minus 20 years, Marvel years or whatever they want to do. Um, but he Marvel was, years, he was like enfeebled dollars. and, and skinny, uh, when that yeah. happened. And now that he's back in the, uh, into the super, uh, the, the, uh, I forgot what that suit is called. Steve Rogers, super soldier. Yeah. The super soldier suit. Um, I don't know. Does it, just, does it just inflate when it needs to, or, um, <laughs> but the, the, the sad thing about this cover is it shows us, that old Captain America and the Falcon we used to love, you know, and, and them getting along and going, that was a great book. And then we show, and then here it is at the bottom. This is all the stuff we haven't liked about this, this latest rendition of it. Um, they're, they, they're, and they're, they're saying, yes, and this is going to be the focus of it, that they're tearing, it's tearing them apart. Like it does feel like a misstep. It really does. But, yeah, I, I I would have liked it was the first issue of of the of the Sam Wilson Captain America was cool because you had you had Steve who was like running the show from back at head HQ talking over headsets to Sam and it was almost like Batman Beyond. Oh, just yeah. So and but that's kind of fallen by the wayside we had the uh, nasty axis captain america for a while and then never really feel felt like he got totally recovered from that even though he did but yeah 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 you don't sound like a like a axe either to go back and read that but um all right so we go to the next page and we've got uh scarlet witch samantha <laughs> Oh, uh, like the boost J, uh, that, uh, she's written by James Robinson. I'm not sure I know the artist Kevin Wada, although I noticed that some of these mentions, it's a cover artist, not actual, like an interior artist has been assigned. But, uh, anyway, uh, I know nothing about this book except it was one of two titles that when we interviewed James Robinson at WonderCon, he said he couldn't talk about, he couldn't even name them. So there it is. Scarlet Witch is getting a solo book. Probably not too surprising since, you know, she got a solo book before she got an action figure. And, uh, but she will be a major player in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I know I, I harp on that when I talk about it, but that really is, despite what people have, at Marvel have said, is like, oh, we're not trying to match the, the, the movies. That would be silly. It's, you'd also say it's silly not to to tout where you know the popularity is going to be, where you know the books are likely to sell at least at first because people are familiar with the character from someplace else. And you don't have to change the character entirely. You just you just make it a little more visually like it was in the movie so people will adopt it and adapt to right. the story. Right. That is one tightly laced corset. Yes, indeed. 
but she's got hips. Yeah. Uh, no spleen, so, no liver, no. <laughs> no, that's oh no please. Kidneys. I was in a play once researching coarsening. I would. I, it is the most terrifying thing. Oh, I, yeah. you know, anybody who likes wearing corsets, it's good for you, but it's, I would never, well, I would never wear one. Oh no, I can't even say that. I think I have worn one, but, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty. Anyway, um, Silk, number one. Or as I say, the, the character that Marvel thought was going to be the big breakout from Spider-Man, the, the female character, instead of Spider-Gwen being the one that everybody... Now, Silk was the character who was in suspended, and she was hidden away for years, yeah, right? Yeah. And then it turned out that she and Peter had had codependent pheromones, and when they were close to each other, they were all over each other. Um, was that woman Asian? She had brown hair. <laughs> she is now. I, I I've seen. Uh, <laughs> I think in Spider Verse in the uh, Secret Wars book, it was more. It, she was drawn better that way and i think that's just the, the way i'd say it is probably she was all, always intended to be i don't think she was drawn particularly well okay. as representative of i'm being not opposed Asian. to it i was just did i miss this or was there something that explained a change or whatever that's yeah. fine it, it, I, I i like the character i mean yeah i i don't know i just uh, i i think that i the way i look at this and say the more diversity that marvel can put out there and it feels organic instead of a, just like an abrupt change. Uh, that's great. Silk is an original character. It's um, well, know, but playing off the Spider-Man mythos. So, but this is playing off something go. entirely different, though, because it's a sinister Silk. She's she's got a bag of money and she's she's webbed up the bank guards. I'm sure there's reasons. She's probably trying to catch Peter's attention. Sure. Sure. Anyway, how do we go more. next to Spider-Man, who was the breakout character that Silk they meant to, Silk to be? Uh, and as I think you had mentioned earlier in, in an earlier podcast, Rick, uh, Spider-Gwen is here as um, it, this is this number one is really kind of a of a more thought thoughtful origin. Yeah, really when she appeared in Spider-Verse, it was more like this is the status quo. This happened. There was like a couple of pages. This is really like how it. It says the secret history of Gwen Stacy and Peter Parker. Yeah, she just basically explains, oh, my Peter died, you know, and that's about it. You know, I got bit by a spider. Yeah, so this will build it up a a little better. And then there's the lizard in the background. A book that I did forget to put up here, and I'm sorry, but you can find it elsewhere on Fanboy Planet, is, of course, Spider-Man, Miles Morales. And uh, that's the book I'm most excited about out of all this. Um the one you're most excited about is the one you forgot to include. You just get yes. too excited that one. <laughs> I ha- it has its own solo page. Look at it that way, Nate. <laughs> Don't make me go all little red hand on your ass. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I will. I you think, will not get any of this bread. I, I don't, uh, are we, we're not expecting any big changes from this book then. Oh, no, I don't think so, other than an explanation of how did Miles nope. Morales end up in the mainstream. Creative team is the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's something that worked. It's sort of like when Flashpoint and New 52 happened, Batman and Green Lantern stayed the same. You know, stick with the people that, you know, with the situation that was working. Oddly so, enough, Booster Gold disappeared when he was working prior. Hmm. 
<laughs> the 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 question is. I know will, that bothers me too, Nate. But come, we'll, get, we'll get past it. The question is, coming out of Secret Wars, will people remember that they were in Secret Wars, which I hope is not true. And at the and the end of that is. If they don't, then they build a history where Miles just everything that happened to Miles happened without Peter dying. You know that. Well, supposedly, he does remember his universe. Okay. Since everybody in Secret Wars, the, the big plot that is, people remember when there wasn't a Secret War. I'm pretty sure they're going to go back to that. I mean, we don't know for sure, but yeah, it was exactly as Nate said. It was said originally that. We were to believe that he that they would know that some of these characters would would remember a time before. Although I can't imagine Marvel ever wanting to be able to reset to the ultimate universe status quo. So, and then you've got a future version, Spider-Man 2099, who looks like he is back in 2099. Uh, he's got his original writer, Peter David. His costume looks a little to me, uh, but it's interesting. We'll see. The next book is Spider-Woman, uh, relaunching yet again, and on the cover she is pregnant, perhaps with a thousand little spider babies. Oh, God. <laughs> I already didn't want to buy this book. Now you make me not even want to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the one hand, I I find it interesting that they're at least trying something different with her to set her apart. My gosh, man. My it goodness. seems extremely uh, just... Un, I mean, my God, she should not be running around being a superhero while pregnant. You may be a little close to it, but I tend to agree. It's dangerous. I, yeah, I've been looking for books not to have to buy, and my my basically, I've been telling myself, <laughs> I've been telling myself, stop buying books because you just feel like you need to be up on the storyline, not because you enjoy them. So I'm well, stopping. That's less the- irresponsible than running around pregnant and superheroing. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm, I'm the next one, which is Squadron Supreme by James Robinson. And I mischaracterized this last week. I had read something, and it looks like what I had read was speculation and was wrong. Um, that uh, it's it still is the original team, and and as beautiful as the book may look like it's going to be um the only thing that i see in its way is that it is still essentially the marvel version of justice league and not like in the way that the avengers was the marvel version of the justice league it really is counterparts to the justice league oh yeah and yeah so again i suspect more likely it's going to be um it's going to be like a six issue miniseries very good James Robinson's writing and he has an affinity for those kinds of characters although it is also um, you look at some of them like the, uh, the some of them look like the supreme power versions yeah I have trouble getting the picture oh, was, of myself uh, Thundra in the squadron no. supreme no it's the soul survivors of their own worlds um, Thundra is a, a soul survivor of another world where didn't Thunder come out of the Hulk? Yeah. I know. I first encountered reading an old Fantastic Four. But, uh, oh yeah, you're I think you're I think you may be right. But I don't I don't know. Um and I don't know if she's appeared somewhere in um 
into wars. I know Archon, who had been like the the male counterpart to Thundra, um, like Thundra was from an Amazon tribe, a world of Amazons, and Archon's the the very macho, you know, masculine tribe, and he's the star of We World. But I don't think she she's first the... appeared in Fantastic Four one seventy nine. Woohoo, we're the right kind of geeks. But on twenty nine, excuse me. But right. behind her there's Doctor Spectrum, there's Princess Power, there's uh, that was Zarda, uh, there's Nightwing not Nightwing, Nighthawk. Nighthawk. Which yeah, is definitely I, the supreme power version with the Right, and that's and... what I'm saying. So I'm seeing a, a bunch of different I think the Princess Power is the Supreme Power one too. But um uh, not sure there. So anyway, it'd be interesting. And, and clearly they want you to at least pick up the first issue because Alex Ross is the cover artist. But Leonard Kirk, that's who uh, James Robinson was working with on Fantastic Four. They're a good team. It'll be an interesting book. You know, so we can see that. The uh, next up is Star-Lord um, <laughs> with a tagline that uh, definitely owes a lot to James Gunn. He gave them that extra thing of... Uh, Peter Quill liking uh, 70s pop songs uh, because this feels like the first time. feels like the very first time. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's it's going to be Star-Lord. If you like Star-Lord, it's continuing to be Star-Lord, I guess. The, the book next that actually has me interested because I hadn't been reading before, but now this revelation, uh, the continuation of The Mighty Thor with Jane Foster still in there uh, as, as Thor – and still very clearly battling cancer, and it looks like not winning, uh, I realized there's a chance to be, like, in a strange way, very inspirational. Um, because I can't think of any... Captain Marvel. Captain, well, Captain Marvel, but it was all in one graphic novel. True. But overall, a character who has been battling all along... Um, and even when you say when I say we go say to the death of Captain Marvel, but somebody walking into a store right now isn't going to be able to pick up that book. But True. someone who's looking for that kind of inspiration, it's an, True. and I'm I'm not saying that's why Marvel is doing it. It's a very interesting storyline to pursue, but it's also it's very meaty. And I realize it's kind of like if you've read the play or seen the HBO movie of Wit, this chance to really talk about the dignity and and really reaching against, as you might say, to get poetic, the dying of the light. And so I'm really intrigued by that image. This image is kind of interesting, too, because if you look on the Jane Foster side and that collar, there's some kind of glyphs going on on the edge of the uh, the tunic she's wearing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I'm wondering if she's getting some kind of Asgardian treatment or maybe she's... Those almost look like the same kind of glyphs they do in Doctor Strange. So I don't know, but she's definitely, uh, there's, they haven't done much. They really haven't done much with Jane Foster, um, outside of expose the fact that she is Thor and that she's not well yet. Um, all the, all the prior Jane Foster stuff was pretty much in Thor before it was, uh, the female Thor. There was one page, I think, during the when um, Thor was running through the potential people who could be the new Thor, and he did check Jane Foster out, and that's when you know 
the whole cancer thing was really obvious and he crossed her off as like, no, no way she, she is. Um, so yeah, I, I love this book. Uh, and she's a member of the all new Avengers as well. Yeah. So it, it, it is, you know, very interesting. She's a member of a force too, isn't she? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, next book up is the totally awesome Hulk. I turn to Nate, defer to Nate. Are are you going to read this book? Oh, I'll read it. I'm actually, there are three, only three definite reads for me in this entire list. Um, this is one of them because I will read the Incredible Hulk book regardless of how terrible it is. Because <laughs> you're a completist now. Codependent. Okay. Uh, I have fairly high hopes because it's, Greg Pak and Frank Cho, but Bruce Banner is the Incredible Hulk. We've been down the road where other people have been exposed to gamma radiation and it didn't have the, quote, desired effects. And then they decided to change that history over the last few years and let everybody become a Hulk. And I don't like that. Yeah, I like the fact that he was taking them out in the last uh, couple of issues, so they're getting to be fewer Hulks. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting about this cover, of course, is you've got the face that's all black, so you don't know, you can't see the face. Can't and, see that it's Amadeus Cho, and you can't see the left hand. That's also weird. That's is he just, wearing a power glove? I don't know. That's, it's not Amadeus Cho. It's Tin. Well, that's, that is the, yes. the head that, that the shape on the top could easily be a small mohawk or it could be a tin tin top. Yeah. Uh, or it's a cupid doll. Yeah. That's a faux hawk. Um, didn't. I'm sure of it. Didn't, um, Doc Samson have hair like that for a while? I don't know, but he, I, he did to be dead. I don't think it's Doc Samson. I, I, because I don't think that Doc Sampson would go, I'm totally awesome. That is a young person's phrase. Yeah. That's why I think it's Amadeus Cho. And again, the tie in there is we've seen uh, Amadeus Cho's mother has made it onto film. So right. I think, again, you age Mark Ruffalo out, it's possible that that her child will become the Hulk and people will accept that. So I don't accept it. I know you don't. It's okay. They don't have a Rick Jones in the movies either. I'm just saying, you know. So, um, next up is the Vision as a solo solo book. I have no interest in this whatsoever. I love the Vision, and I would really like to see this be a book that would be worth reading. I I think that the Vision that they did in the um, Avengers AI. Of the vision was interesting. Was yeah. was really quite well done and interesting. An interesting character. This cover, however, makes me think of like an anthology title. <laughs> you know. Yes, that's that. That you put your finger on it. That's exactly. So, like, he's I am the vision, and I've seen your future. You know. <laughs> well, okay, fine. Um. Uh. So I, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to give this one a try. Uh, I'd actually be really impressed if it turns out to be an anthology book that he's just the host, like the yeah, like the crypt keeper. Right, he's the new watcher. He's new Uatu. Uh, you know. Well, why I not? I spotted a mistake on the next book. 
What is the mistake? That is not Nick Fury. Yeah, I don't is think that, it's Nick either. Is that the new one? No. That's Blue Adam. Or whatever his name Blue is. Blue Marvel? Blue Marvel. Yeah. Is that his name? Adam the Blue Marvel? Well, I have this most amazing uh, coincidence for you. Uh, I think that if you wait just a couple of minutes, <laughs> that won't be there. <laughs> It'll never say Nick Fury. What are you talking about? It never did. Shh. Although uh, Nick Fury... I really liked the the Blue Marvel miniseries. Yeah. I liked that Years too, ago. Yeah. But I did not... The book that he... What was he in? Mighty Avengers? No, he was in... Uh, Avengers World, I think. Avengers no, he was World. in Mighty Avengers first. He was. Oh, right. You're right, right, right. He was. And he, then that changed to Avengers World? No, no, no. He and Luke Never. Cage were having minutes uh, in Mighty Avengers. and. Uh, yeah, that was that was right around the time I had to cut a huge portion of my stack. And I only got one issue. And I was very upset to not read his further adventures. Yeah. But now he's an ultimate, along with Galactus. Yeah, that's an interesting, that's interesting idea. Yeah, the the fact that you know Galactus is is obviously a supporting character. <laughs> um, sorry. Well, now he just likes nuts. If you read Squirrel Girl, it's uh, uh no, he's supporting them all with his hand. Um, so Quasar is Monica Rambeau, right? That's the name. Yeah, I think that's another mistake I made. Uh, did I call her Quasar? You I call her Quasar. I don't think yeah. she's going by Quasar anymore. Well, what's she going by now? Uh, boy. Photon? Was she Photon? I'd have to go look. It, or is that the crazy lady from... Uh, that was like an element... What are the elemental she turned into the Eternity... Or not Eternity. Was it Eternity? I don't know. But I'm I, pretty sure I, that's I Monica Rainbow. And I invite uh, listeners. Um, They're yelling at us right now. Yeah. I, they can tell me. They can tell me. I, I'm all, but who's um, the girl between um, Captain Marvel and... Uh, so that's the one. She's in the first two of A Force, and I could not remember her name. Okay. So uh, I know there's been a lot of buzz about her because you know this is the way this is the way it works. A character appears for a couple of pages, and you've never seen her before in one book, and everybody gets excited and they go, "Oh, we got to do something with this one." Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, we'll see. I, and I can't. I cannot remember what her character name was. But anyway, that book was the Ultimates. Um, and again, Marvel put the Vision before Ultimates, and that that hurt. Uh, Uncanny Avengers, which there's Old Man Rogers again. Yeah, he's looking even buffer there. Every book he looks like. Hey, why am I not in the Captain America outfit? I don't know. Um. That's all. Yeah. Is that supposed to be Jim Hammond to his left? America Chavez is her name. Oh yeah, that's right. America. Okay, thank you, Nate. Uh, I don't know if that's Jim Hammond or if the Human Torch is because they're drawing they're drawing the fiery characters exactly the kind of grimacing taking off on both covers that they're they're in. Um, 
I know that Johnny Storm's supposed to be in, Inca- in Uncanny in Humans, but I don't think he's on the cover. No, he is. Oh, he is? Well, we'll get there in just a moment. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, right. is, yep. The only thing that's got me in, in, intrigued about this is that if it if it is Johnny Storm, and you've got Johnny Storm and Peter Parker and Deadpool, there will be shenanigans. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. And that's that's still if it's if it's Jim Hammond, no. So well, let's turn over to that next page and you see uh wait, 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 wait. Humans So we've and, got we've got the wizard, uh, not wizard, uh you got Pietro. Yeah. Who, who's the girl with the red chest, a red oval on her chest? That one I don't know. Yeah. And the behind her, is that supposed to be Brother Voodoo again? I don't know. You'll have to buy the book. I guess so. Okay. Well, uh, we turn to the next, and there is Uncanny Humans, and you see yeah, there's... Johnny is down there. He is listed uh, in the earlier press release they sent last week. He is now Medusa's uh, lover. He's been that way in the current Inhumans series. Really? The just one... like Black Bolt just want to come up and whisper, you're dead to me? Oh, no, they've the had... way he's drawn there, he looks more like the original. That's, that's true. It, it, but it is but they have confirmed it is Johnny Storm. So, you know, they just, should uh they should go back to the old um design papers that they used to have to pass out to artists so they know what they look like. Yeah. Black Bolt and Medusa have been estranged for quite a while. Well, I didn't know that. Yep. Will they be back together in time for the movie? I don't know. I hope. I think those kids are gonna make it. I think um, they they've got what the perfect thing for for a couple to stay away from, stay together for the longest amount of time, and that is that the husband says nothing. Rick can say things like this because his wife long since stopped listening to the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> and good for him. Uh, so, uh, and. Yeah, and you've got the beast in there, so that's another kind of interesting yeah. thing, the definition of them. And, and if that's Triton, Triton has changed quite a bit since the last time I paid attention to him, which doesn't yeah, surprise yeah. me. But And the upper right-hand corner, is that going to be Maximus? They called him something like the the Reader? The Reader. Interesting. Maybe that's the guy from the show with no eyes. No, he's dead. And he's dead in the comics, well, too. Well, in I the think. show, he's dead. I thought he died in the comics, too, but I could be wrong. Did he exist in the comics? I didn't know that was a real character. They did. Well, they they retconned him in. They added him in last year when he started oh. appearing on S.H.I.E.L.D. So, um, Uncanny X-Men, which is basically just Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. With Betsy Braddock. And Phantom X. Yeah, Phantom X. Um, again, Greg Land's drawing, so it'll be really pretty, and I just have no interest I the things that that get me are this. I've always liked Betsy Braddock character. Phantom X is an interesting character. Um, when he's two characters, I don't know if you know the whole Phantom yes. X thing. No, I do. But by the way, when she's appearing as played by Olivia Munn, Psylocke, and uh, and Magneto. So I like a Magneto group. Um, I'm. And I like Sabretooth, too, when he's in a group. But something about this just doesn't make it look like it's got a longevity in it. 
No. Uh, yeah, it, it does not hold my attention. The next one, if the title delivers on its promise, Venom Space Knight. You're thinking the, ROM, yeah. Well, we're not going to get, we can't have ROM. They I know. Can't, Marvel owns everything about ROM except ROM. Right. They had a they had a Space Knights miniseries or two of them actually, I think. Um so, yeah. I actually like the the current edition as much as I hate the Carnage character, I like the current Venom uh Venom in Outer Space especially. So, this would a be typical a- typically I don't know who did this cover. I don't know if Ariel Olivetti did it. Uh huh. But Venom's bottom half looks awful. This cover looks like it was done by Rich Corbin. That's interesting. Yeah, I could see. Uh, I see the the resemblance. I think it is Ariel Olivetti, but uh, I don't know for sure. Um, but do love the concept of it, and. Uh, the last one, oh, we're there. Web Warriors. I just don't know. Yeah. No. It's a no. It's a big no. I, I think that we got Spider-Gwen in here. Spider-Gwen and Spider-Man Noir are the two characters that, for me, would carry this book. And even... Spider-Ham? No. Please. No. Peter Porker, yes. I'm sorry. I've had enough of Peter Porker from... The, <gasps> did, did you two read all of the um, Spider-Verse? Yes. You read the every tie-ins? one of... All of the... No. T- all the, the spider I read all of, the yes. Spider-Verse. I've had enough of Peter Porker for a while. Well, he's very funny on the cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it was very funny in the eighties. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, I want. I just wanted the last line. I have to see Goose Rider. Um, so, what about the Pun Fisher? Uh, see exactly, exactly. Uh, Spider Man India is in there. I mean, there, there's potential for interesting characters, but I just don't see it. It was a, it was a cool crossover idea once. Exactly. I just don't know. They're stretching it thin. No, the, and the crossover had a reason for them all coming right. together, and it was pre-established stuff, and that all worked to try yeah. and, to try and drag that out. And you know, every time I every time I blow the spider whistle, all my web warriors assemble from all their different domains, and like, or they're going to have some place they all hang out. I don't think so. It's it's just uh, weird. Maybe. Maybe. So anyway, that's the forty-five. Let's uh, let's leave comics for now. I know we we were thinking, but we had a, a couple of what's in the bag things. But uh, we've been talking quite a bit about this stuff. Let's give a a little bit of uh, of movie, uh, which is not much. Well, oh, there's 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 no no there's two what's in the bag. You got to We got to talk about because the first issue of the Spirit came out this week from Dynamite. Yeah. This is the Matt Wagner book, and the art style. This is dead on, the perfect uh, rendition, best rendition of the spirit since Eisner, uh, down to the typography in the word balloons being perfectly done the same way, um, the same way Eisner did it with dropping into different character sets when he talks about the newspaper name or or whatever. Um, 
for for a spirit aficionado this is this is the book and the 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 uh, alex ross cover is the one to get so that uh, that's and then brian k vaughn has a new book out this week called we stand on guard which uh is bound the publisher on that is that, that image that is image both of these are image um no no the spirit is dynamite oh yeah pardon me pardon me there was another image book that i was going to mention but um we stand on guard which is going to be a controversial book because it's uh it starts off in canada in a few years in the future and through a retaliating against a terrorist act against the united states the u.s bombs canada and starts a war with Canada. And then we get into uh, the storyline apparently is going to be about the resistance uh, soldiers in Canada fighting against the U.S. oppression. Um, uh, this is, it's it's a solid book. This was, it's a two ninety nine book for 35 pages of high quality art, great paper. Um, so this is this is my recommendation. Don't miss this book this week. We stand on guard. All right. Then let's uh, look briefly at films. There was a new Fantastic Four trailer. Did anybody watch it? I still have not. I have not. But Tro- no. But Troy Benson loves it. No, he doesn't love it. He's, uh, he said it didn't look half bad. So uh, so that's our homework for us. We ask you can make two minutes to watch a new Fantastic Four trailer and see if it convinces us to change your mind. I don't think it will. Um, There's a big flurry this week uh, from the Hollywood Reporter talking about how DC or Warner Brothers had split DC movies and Vertigo movies into DC movies will be at Warner Brothers and Vertigo will be at New Line Cinema, except when it won't. It really comes down to they've got one Vertigo movie in development, which is Sandman, and it's going to New Line. And I have to admit... uh, Rick, I'm very scared for the Sandman now. I thought maybe it was going to be okay, but they keep saying, well, we've got to figure out a way to make it, you know, different and watchable. I'm like, that's why every version that you've tried to make has failed. He's going to be a teen in high school who discovers he's Sandman. Oh, no. Okay, that hurt. Just to even think about it. Yeah. Uh, and we'll he's got see. a girlfriend who's deaf, doesn't know it's his sister, it's his oh. sister, because that worked oh. really good in Star Wars. That's interesting. Uh yeah, I was trying to think of the other things. It's like it, Vertigo is, well, you've got Lucifer on television. You have uh, Preacher being developed for AMC. There had been a rumor now, I can't remember who said they they had they were, had hinted that they might be involved in a 100 Bullets adaptation. Uh, but I think, again, it's something they were thinking about as sort of like an HBO series or pitching it to some uh, pay-per-view network like that instead of being... A film, and I think that's the problem with Vertigo, or the and the strength of Vertigo, is there are concepts that you can't really do a done in one. Yeah, One Hundred Bolts is kind of an anthology thing. It, it has an arc. It has a, a, a an arc that goes all the way through. But every story is about a different person. It comes back around. Yeah. It, it it starts out looking like an anthology with this guy, and then there's there there is it is one solid story. No, I, I believe you. I'm, I'm just saying the plotting of it is going to be. Yeah, it, it would work better as as a show, where the, you only have like one or two regulars who show up until such time as 
they all come back around. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I've, I've long felt the same thing about the Sandman is you've got a specific arc in mind and you just, you know, you head for it and you do justice by everything, which is why I'm excited that AMC was doing Preacher. And I don't know if I'm going to be excited by the actual show, but at least they their heart was in the right place and deciding that it should be something that's serialized and move forward. Um, yeah, there's not. I, I I don't know if there was anything else uh, movie wise, TV wise. While we're talking about Neil Gaiman, it was uh, confirmed that he'll be writing episodes of American Gods for Stars. So that's exciting news. That was up on my feed to say, like, I gotta try to fit that on the site at some point. Um, and um, I don't know. Is there anything else from TV this week that? Uh... I have two books that I wanted to bring up. Actual novels? Yeah. All right. Go ahead. So the first one is, uh, and this is from Moonstone, um, The Sun King, The Avenger. It's the first new Avenger novel in 40 years. And it's actually a sequel to, uh, from the Bantam, from the, actually not Bantam because he was. It uh, wasn't Bantam. It was was Warner. It was Warner Paperback Library. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Number 11 of The Avenger, River of Ice. So, um, Oh, Hey, that's what I remember. Yeah. This is, this is a sequel to river of ice and, uh, it's, uh, it's remarkably affordable at $10 99 cents for a trade size, uh, paperback, uh, book and the, um, so that's, that's one, but continuing in that kind of, um, new sequels to old pulp stuff, um, Edgar Rice Burroughs wrote a book called Tarzan the Terrible, uh, which was probably in the, if you were numbering the Tarzan books, I think it's in the early teens, um, in which he introduced a, a, uh, um, one of the forgotten, uh, lands, this one being more like, uh, Challenger's The Lost World, where there are dinosaurs and stuff called Paludon. And, um, Will Murray has who has been writing the Wild Adventures of Doc Savage, the continuations of the Doc Savage um, novels, and he's coming up. He is about to publish the two hundredth Doc Savage novel, which brings to, it's called the Sinister Shadow, and it's Doc Savage meets the Shadow. Um, that book's still underway, but what just came out from Will Murray was a Tarzan. Wild Adventures of Edgar Rice Burroughs imprint, um, Return to Paludon, which fits in um, right after uh, Tarzan the Terrible. So, uh, or actually, when it not not chronologically, but it go it returns to the land from right, right, Tarzan the Terrible, and you know Tarzan found a couple of hidden valleys. You know, of course, the Opar is the most famous one because that's the one's made into a couple of movies. And the Hidden Valley Adventure. Yes. So, those are the two books. Uh, the The Tarzan one is a little more pricey at twenty five dollars, but of course, it's about three times as thick, and it's Will Murray writing it, so it's like so authentically pulp. It's insane. the The way he catch, captures the language and the way that you know, if you haven't read Edgar Rice Burroughs in a while, you you forget what a, an amazing vocabulary the man had. Um, for writing about things like jungles and cities and grunts and people and stuff. So those are the two recommendations this week. 
All right. Well, the next time anyone listens to this podcast, the next installment will likely be uh, pieces from San Diego, if not outright from San Diego itself. Uh, are you planning on packing some of this equipment, or are I'm we gonna, thinking about any? We I'm, should probably talk about that. Yeah, we should talk talk about that. <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking. Go light. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking go light, but it doesn't mean we can't pr- produce something while we're there. Yeah. No okay. promises though. <laughs> Cuz we know no, no, no. I know because the thing is you can you make the thing about Comic-Con is you make plans and then Comic-Con happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, there's just no time. There's never any time in the room to sit down and No, that's why I don't and sleep if, much. And if there is, there's no wireless connection. <laughs> oh. Well, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, so once again, uh, if you've uh, heard this on iTunes, uh, the Stitcher app, uh, please rate us. Uh, please subscribe and tell your friends. Right to uh, you can also get us on www.fanboyplanet.com, where I promise that by the time this episode comes out, all those Marvel book things will be corrected, and uh, you can of course also uh, pick up any, anything that uh, sounds interesting, like that uh, that Tarzan book or that. Uh, that uh, Justice Incorporated book. Uh, Avenger. Rich, uh, oh, it is called The Avenger. It's it is not, The Avenger, not okay. Justice Incorporated. I got confused because actually Dynamite's Justice Incorporated book came out today, yes. number two. That was going to be in my bag. Because you can't call that uh, <laughs> The Avenger alone. You know, just right. confuse anybody with, with Marvel because Marvel has every other variation. Anyway, you can find those on Amazon if you can't find them at your local brick and mortar store. And of course, there are a couple of links where you could also donate on PayPal to Fanboy Planet to help with hosting and the the incredible production costs of this high-tech uh, podcast you're listening to right now. If you've got any questions, comments, compliments, criticism, commentary, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of Fanboy Planet. I'm Dave Costa. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers only, only for good. good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. The power of brains compels you. I'm Dave Costa. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use, use your, your powers. powers. Only for good. That was pretty good. <laughs> oh, I hate the Skype lag. Uh, that was awesome. It is what it is. We should just sing it as a round. Oh, that'll work. Okay, yeah. Uh, okay. All so, right. So we're at uh, 2.09 right now, two hours and nine minutes, but I know oh, there's at least 20 so. minutes to cut out. So we're okay. good. Uh, there's an interview to cut in. So oh, yeah. it's going to be about two hours. So, yeah. All right. Well, Great. gentlemen, it's 1030. Right. See you guys on Wednesday. Yep. Yep. Wow. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night.